Mark Silva, the Airbag Silverback, and you're listening to the DMT Podcast. Hey, this is Lewis Spears, and you're listening to the DMT Podcast. Not to be confused with the DMT Podcast, which is just about drugs. This one's better. This is Melvin's on KS from Digital, and you're listening to the DMT Podcast. This is Josh, the Act Shooter, and you can check out myself on the lovely DMT Podcast. See you on the flip side. Hey, this is the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer. This is the DNT Podcast, taking you to the extreme. All right, here we are, episode 16 of the DNT Podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm Jesse. We're here for part two of the top five countdown we're gonna be looking at a lot of underrated musicians today so that's gonna be a lot of fun yeah it should be good last time we did the you know all-time greats um only one really only one response from that was from my uncle yeah (laughs) you are kind of like how come ian pace from deep purple is in the top five drummers (laughs) and i'm kind of going "Ooh, he's right yeah i do love deep purple but i even think of it there's a few names i actually thought of when i was away but i can't remember off the top of my head it's too late it's been done What's it done is but like we, like, like we said before, this is our list. Yeah, it's Everyone's our list. Everyone's got their own different lists. These are our two personal ones. Yeah, exactly. We have people listening to it. Speaking of, the other night I was at the ACW show and our good friend Ben, who set all the feeds up for us, uh, was having a chat to me saying he's loving everything we're doing. Well, that's a positive. You know, Bass, the interviews with Bass has been his favorite favorite interview so far. Uh, a few other people as well talking about the one with Bass. Yeah, it's... That's, generating some not not heat it's generating some controversy but it's then again generating some talk then again regardless of what he said or not you know he, he we're neutral in this we just ask the questions we That's ask it. the questions or whatever if you've got anything negative to say to us contact us otherwise keep your mouth shut <laughs> Yeah. But that's pretty much all I can say about it. Like, mum, like my mama said, <laughs> you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Laugh, let's laugh get, let's get rolling. Uh, so let's talk. Okay, so before we get into the music stuff, we had SummerSlam weekend. So that was TakeOver, SummerSlam, and then Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. And out of the four shows, one massive thing happened. It wasn't on TakeOver, wasn't on SummerSlam, it wasn't on Raw. Hell, it wasn't even on SmackDown. It was on Talking Smack. Yeah. The little talk show after SmackDown. And that's The Miz. Mm, The Miz cut one of the best promos ever. Yeah. (laughs) Even like out of all people, even my sister uh, came into my room when that happened. She's just like, oh, did you hear about The Miz? And I'm like, even you know about it? Everyone knows about it. Mainstream. It got mainstream. I... I hate that it's taken this long f- for people to go, oh my God, The Miz is great. Yeah. I've been saying for a while, but people are like, no, he, sh- he sucks. He's well, shit. We hate him. Cause that means he's doing his job. Is, he was the o- one of the only last real... He's, he's one of the only real heels there is. You genuinely hate him because he can make you hate him. Yeah. There's there's very rare heels that are like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, Bray Wyatt, people applaud him. Kevin Owens now, people are kind of over with him, but at the start, everyone was booing him. Yeah. Um, but now he's becoming more of a baby face rather than a heel. Exactly. You know, Jericho's another one that still gets heat. Yeah, he does, yeah. But we're talking about Miz, because, you, know, you know, all it took was for him to get angry at the internet's darling, Brian Danielson. 
So many indie fans got butt hurt because oh, you you said bad things to Daniel Bryan. How dare you? <laughs> that was it. Yeah. You know, people were suddenly legitimately hating on him because of that, and I'm like, I've been saying for how long? It's been <laughs> a while. I, what else I noticed was how um people were were saying was that real or was it fake? I think it was a work shoot. Yeah, everyone's just like, was that... Like, not non-wrestling fans are like, was that real or was it fake? Yeah. When I first saw it, I was like, this this is this is, this is kind of real. And then you get to the end of the segment, and he's, you know, oh, Cameron, come to me, and he's got the title up, and he said, how many days? And you're like, okay, it's a work. Yeah, exactly. It's a work shoot, which yeah. you know, has been happening more and more. But fantastic. Even at the start of SmackDown on today's episode, he came out, cut another amazing promo. And I hate that it's taken this long for people to say anything. You know, the last real chance he got was WrestleMania. Yeah, I agree with you. And that was overshadowed by the fact that it was used to promote the year after his mania. Yeah, that was fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit of a shame. So, you know... Well, he walked out. He went over, at least. That's what Exactly, positive, but, but, you know, the whole thing was a set-up Cena versus Rock. Twice yeah. in a lifetime. Twice in a lifetime, yeah. Oh, God. But, overall, like, I'm happy that finally The Miz is... You know, all of a sudden become this bona fide top heel. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe by the end of the year, he loses the Intercontinental Championship and becomes the WWE Champion again. Also, apart from that, I also want to speak about SummerSlam because I know about you, but I had a really different vibe about that show. It didn't feel like the usual kind of, you know, shows that you'd watch, like especially a pay per view. It felt very fresh and different. Yeah. I don't know if you felt the same way, but. There was. Over that weekend, there was two Match of the Year candidates for me. Which ones? So, Cena Styles. Yeah, I could that's put ma- that That's Match there. of the Year candidate. And over on TakeOver, uh, Gargano and Ciampa against the Revival. That was I think is Match of the Year candidate for me. That match was fantastic. It's too many matches of the year nowadays. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> you're absolutely right. It was refreshing. It felt different. I think because now that we have the brand split sort of thing. Yeah. You know, obviously, I don't like the way it finished. Nah, I didn't like it either. I really don't like that. Um, you know, whether that elbow was intended or not, you keep that inside the octagon and you leave it there. You uh, leave it in Muay Thai. It was definitely a work. I know for a fact it was well, a work. Well, apparently Brock said, oh, I know how to hit you with an elbow, so it just kind of grazes you, but that that wasn't a graze. Either way, it, I can understand why they did it. Like, I, I'm... I know you got your your opinion on it, and I've got mine. But um, I mean, I don't think it was the worst thing that could have happened. If it was intentional, then it would be a different story. But if it's a work, then you know, big deal. It happens. It happens. It was gushing out blood for sure. Like you saw it, I saw it. Um, you know, it was legitimately cut open. I mean, it got a lot of heat on Brock. People were talking about it, so I guess they kind of succeeded on what they wanted out of it. Yeah, but just... Um, I don't know if you've ever been hit in the head with an elbow like that before. I'm, it, nah, it, I haven't. It, exactly. It, it sucks. Oh, I know. Tell you from experience. I, I don't wish that upon anyone, and it kind of sucks that that's how you know a fantastic show had to go out. Yeah. You know, w- yeah, I mean, overall, SummerSlam was good. For me, TakeOver was a little bit better in terms of yeah. matches and that, but... SummerSlam was good, but unfortunately, you left with a sour taste in your mouth because you just saw Brock Lesnar elbow Randy Orton the head twice. Yeah. yeah. At that at that point, we weren't sure is it a shoot or is it a work. 
It was definitely, well, yeah. Yeah, Now now we know stories are coming out. Um, But yeah, like, I I get what you mean. But I also understand why they did it. And to be be fair, if, um, you know how you're saying that it should be left in the octagon, if it was a a really big problem, then probably Auden would have said, nah, I'm not doing it. But Auden did it because he's a tough SOB. So kudos to him. And it got a lot of heat on Brock Lesnar, which I think is what they intended. And I think they intended on it having it as a finish like that so they can kind of, uh, you know, with the whole UFC thing going on with the Sada, kind of get a bit more heat on him. But I, I think it was just you had two two non-finishes in a row. Oh, yeah, fully. Rusev and Reigns didn't happen and then Randy and Brock <laughs> ended the way it did. So, yeah, it just, I think just Rusev and Reigns kind of killed the vibe of it. I think and that Randy match should have gone ahead. Icing on the cake. I was a bit pissed off that match didn't go ahead. Actually, that would have been a good match. Because I was, exp- I was, I thought it was a double turn at the when I saw it. I thought it was a double turn, but nope. obviously not, which kind of sucks. But um, because as soon as he comes out, attacks him, keeps attacking him. You see the look on Lana's face, and you see the look on Rusev's face. It looks like it's become a, you know, a double turn sort of situation. But you know, that's SummerSlam. <laughs> that's SummerSlam. So yeah, good show. We didn't want to talk too much about it because we got these lists to get into, but uh, I think we we had to talk about the Miz. Yeah, we had to talk about the Miz. Hundred percent. Awesome. I want to see him with that title, with that main title, by the end of the year. I wouldn't say by the end of the year. Damn. I'd say I'd say it, it's going to happen, but not the end of the year. I think he's got to he's got to keep on going and going now. It's going to be like a Stone Cold Steve Austin thing. He's you know he's you you remember the what was it the Ringmaster thing. Yeah. Then he wins King of the Ring, and then he eventually keeps going up and up, and it's kind of a gradual process, and it's a natural process, not kind of like pushing him to the main I event like Roman Reigns. While Miz has his heat and momentum, you got to push him. Now's the time to make that title mean something once again. That title, ti- yeah, for that title, I reckon it should be higher up on the card now because of yeah. that. Yeah, and I think because of the guys holding it, it's going to help as well. Yeah, I think That's so. That's it. Anyway. Let's get moving. So Actually, oh, before we get started, I totally forgot to put my song of the week last yes. week. Yes. Totally forgot about that. So my song of the week is Bon Jovi, which is the new song, This House Is Not For Sale. I had to put it on there because it was in my head all week. Last Was it last week that we put out the podcast? Yeah. The week before that. Yeah, I don't know. But it's still in my head now and it still hasn't changed. I'm really digging that song. I I told you first time. Uh, did you or George send it to me? I sent it. You sent it to all I of us. I sent it, and then George sent it like a minute after me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so they've sent it, and I'm I'm listening to this song, and um, there's a line like you listen to the song, getting into it, and then Bon Jovi goes, "His house is not for sale." <laughs> and part of me got angry. Is like, y- you tell him, John. You tell him <laughs> this house isn't for sale. Oh uh, yeah. No, it was great. Uh, I. Cell X is a good addition to the band since you know Richie's in there anymore. Yeah, now, Richie and John are on good terms, so who knows? Maybe reunion is possible in a couple of years. Yeah, I'm happy with it. I know there's a lot of people that I see on Facebook shitting on the song. I got one. Vo- I got two words for you. Fuck you. But um, yeah, nah. I I think it's a great song. The fact that it's in my head three weeks later or four weeks later since it's came out, you know, I think that speaks for itself. It's such a good song. So really? catchy. Any Bon Jovi song's catchy. All right, well, let's move on to the list. Yes. So, last time we talked about the top five greatest of different categories. We're going to be using the same categories, but now we're talking about the other side of it, the underrated. 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 
these are the guys that we think, you know, the people should talk about. But no yeah. one talks about them. Agreed. So let's start off with drummers. And Jesse mentioned this before. Let's count them down five to one. Okay. So do you want me to start or do you want to start? I'll start because the fifth drummer that I had on my thing was actually on my top drummers as well. I made the last minute change, remember? Yes, you did. I'm just going to keep him in the underrated drummers, actually, because he deserves to be there. And that is Eric Carr. Oh, you heard my lowdown about it last week. Very different style, you know, very flamboyant with his playing and um, and his showmanship. Well, back when he was, unfortu- unfortunately, he's passed away now. But um, back then it was really cool to watch, even though I wasn't alive. But <laughs> you get my point. Yeah. Really good, gr- really good drummer. Not many people talk about him because there isn't a whole lot of him out there. And people don't people don't know about his um, the person that he was. You know, great person. You know, um, like I've heard stories, especially at like guitar clinics where I go see Bruce Kulick or you know, interviews or all that sort of stuff or the Kissology stuff or you know, you hear stories about Eric Carr. He's one of those guys that, you know, if a musician, like me and you, if we got a um, like a mixtape together back in the 90s or a, uh, like a, a little EP or something like that back then on a cassette tape yeah, yeah. and you see him in a club and you hand it to him, he will listen to it and he will call you up and give you feedback. Oh, wow. That's, that's the sort of person he was. He got to the point where he ended up taking some of those bands on tour with Kiss. That's the sort of person he was. But, um, yeah... Just down to earth, humble person. Unfortunately, passed away with cancer on the same day as Freddie Mercury. But yeah, kind of sucks. Deserves to be on that list. Yeah, uh, I got a different one for number five. Alex Van Halen. Alex Van Halen. Alex Van Halen. Alex Van Halen is a fantastic player, but when you talk about Van Halen, you don't talk about that Van Halen. You talk about Eddie. <laughs> you talk about Eddie and talk about David Lee Roth. Yeah. Alex is just as important part of that band, if not more, than the other guys. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, he's written one of the most... Hot for Teachers, probably one of the most well-known drum intros there is. Yeah, I could probably... Ever since... Uh, was it Guitar Hero 4 that was on there? or I can't remember. Whatever Guitar Hero that song was on was when people went, oh my God, this is awesome. And, you know, everyone in high school was like, oh, can you play this? No. Speaking of which, you just reminded me about the fucking Guitar Hero. You forgot it again? Yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to bring him back his Guitar Hero for, um, live thing. And I've been saying it for like three months. It's been sitting in my bedroom next to my door. It's like there to remind me. I'll bring it I'll bring it back this week. I'll make sure this I do week, it. This week, sweet. But yeah, keep yeah, going. Yeah, I like, you know, um, he's one of those guys. He plays what the song needs. He goes over the top when he's supposed to. He Slows it, um, keeps it back when he's supposed to. Yep. No one, not many people talk about him. Yeah. Sort of thing, and it kind of sucks because he's. I agree. Fantastic drummer. Yeah, for sure. Who else have you got? Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah. So down to number four. My one was Eric Singer. This is another Kiss drummer, but that guy's resume, man. Have you seen it? It's like he's played with Lita Ford, Alice Cooper. Um, I think he did some stuff with Sabbath. Sabbath, you know. I think he's he's Sabbath's longest drummer. Something like that, yeah. He he, he out of all the drummers Sabbath kind of gone through, he was the one that was in there the longest. Mm. I remember my uncle telling me about it because he was listening to Jericho, and every yeah. time he comes around, we talk podcast kind of thing, which is cool. And he listened to this one too. How you going, Zio? Yeah, <laughs> how you going, mate? <laughs> little pop. Yeah, little pop. <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, he definitely deserves to be on that list. I mean, look, he's 
been in Kiss for how long now? He came in when um, Eric Carr died, and Jesus, insane drummer, insane drummer. I, I think he's probably, if not the best Kiss drummer that they've had. Yeah, I, I've, and that's that's a hard thing to say, especially with Eric Carr. You know, it that was a hard spot to fill. Yeah, because I'm, I'm going to be biased. Peter Chris is going to be my favorite Kiss drummer, no matter what. Yeah, because everyone's going to say differently. Yeah, but. Adam Wall, Eric Eric Carr was the best drummer they had, and then when Eric Singer came in, yeah, that's a big, big set of shoes to fill. Not just that, he also has to go by the cat persona now. He can't do his own thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, even even when he was doing his own thing, it's just fantastic drummer, fantastic. But yeah, um, that's my number four drummer. For me, I got Ray Luzier. Ray Luzier currently plays in Corn. Oh yeah. Uh, at one point, played. For David Lee Roth. Mm-hmm. Who else is he? Uh, and he has a side project with George Lynch and Doug Pinnock. I think, it, the, what's a band called? KXM. Cool. For me, this is the best drummer Korn's ever had. Ever. Yep. I, I can't put in words this guy's, what this guy's playing has done for that band. I I saw Korn live in that Soundwave a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I was just looking at him. The I was just immersed in him the entire time. Well, the other guys are cool, but I'm just like dead on Ray Luzier, just what he's playing. Like, oh my god, yeah, he's doing you know tricks and that. And you know how I feel about it, but yeah, he doesn't lose time. Well, that's all that matters. Doesn't lose time. It's kind of like Eric Singer. It's yeah. the same thing. The other thing too that I love at Ray Luzier is he, you know, he embedded this thing into my head when I was watching a video on him. And that's like, yeah, it's cool to play fast and that, but. If you can't play back and black, back to front, why are you a drummer? Yeah, exactly. If you can't play the backbeat simple stuff, then why are you doing this? Exactly. Because if you can't do that, but you can do all that stuff, then that's cool and all, but when you get to playing that kind of stuff, how do you do? I agree. No, so, totally agree. But the same thing, Ray Luzzi, he's, he's not a I think he will be someone people talk about in the next 10 years or so. Yeah. But now he's not really mentioned in that at all. Yeah, no, I agree. Definitely should be in that Boom. list. Another one you will probably think otherwise, Tommy Lee. You, what do you think, Tommy Lee? Uh, okay, interesting. Yeah, he's um, he's my number third. Number th- I don't really have these in order. I'll be honest with you, like uh, my underrated drummers, because they're, they're all kind of deserve to be in that list. I don't really base it on um on technical skill. With uh, Tommy Lee, I'd base it on, you know, showmanship, and I know you. I know you will think otherwise. <laughs> look, hell. I can appreciate. Look, um, Tommy Lee's one of the only drummers that can. Uh, he used to do the marching band kind of stuff. Yeah, he's one of the only guys that's taken that and put it onto a drum kit. Yeah, you know, I know. Um, you know, a, a lot of drummers like myself. Yeah, we know rudiments and stuff, but you get us to read. Marching man kind of stuff, and we're like, "Oh, what is this?" Yeah. But then at the same time, the marching man guys, they're oh, they're fantastic with the rudiments and all these different techniques and stuff. But then you put them on the drum kit and you go improvise. Yeah. And they don't know what to do. Exactly. I mean, look, Tommy Lee's taken that and you know made mo- the Motley Crue sound. Yeah, exactly. And Motley Crue is just fantastic live. I mean, I don't think roller coaster thing is a bit much for me. I love it. I don't care what you say. I love it. It is. Any, b- if you're all right, Motley Crue. 
I've seen them live once, unfortunately only once, but the one time I saw them was with Kiss. And, I mean, besides, like, all the pyrotechnics and all the um, gimmicks and stuff, they are a fantastic band live and a really tight band. And I think Tommy Lee keeps the shit going, that's for sure. Oh, well, that's the whole point of the drummer. I know, but, You're like, the timekeeper. There, there are some drummers that are shocking to watch and I can't stand watching them. But then there's drummers like him that are just, you know... Who's your shocking one? Shocking drummers. Hmm. That is a hard one. I can't tell you off the top of my head, but I know there's been a couple times I've been at gigs that I've been pissed off watching it because it's just... Local ones or like big ones? There's been a big one. I just can't remember off the top of my head. I've did, I've been to so many gigs now that I have to keep it on a fucking... on a Word document just to remember where I've been. Fair enough. Same with local gigs. But yeah. there has been a couple local gigs and a couple um, bigger gigs that I've been to. And you just you watch the drummer and it's like, ah, oh, this is... I can't get into it because they're too busy doing a whole heap of other shit. Whereas Tommy's, you know, doing his usual stuff. You know, it's he's he's not he's not adding too much to it. But then you see um, the roller coaster drum kit. You have to you have to see it in person to really appreciate it. Like it's not it's not easy fucking you know drumming when you're going un- upside down every couple seconds. It's crazy. It's just it's just pointless to me. It's just. 316 gimmick street to me it is and that's that's the whole point of it yeah, but you're one of those guys that loves that kind of gimmicky stuff i'm like just it's great play the damn drums it's great you know? it's awesome like any it's like um kiss you see kiss and they got the massive you know drum um the drum lift and the all of that sort of stuff that i don't mind it's just going up he's yeah, not he's not going upside down he's spinning around and kind of stuff but it's cool though it is going up which is cool and you know what also I noticed? He he likes his drum solos aren't your typical drum solos. He kind of um integrates drums with, you know, his DJ stuff. Oh yeah, that's right. I, yeah, I that. kinda dig it. Like when I um initially when I first saw it, I was like, meh. But then I ended up seeing it live and I'm like, this is incredible. Like and he's doing it's not really, you know, um doing a whole heap of fancy shit as well. He's just adding th- things that have to be there. Um, so, yeah, I think he deserves being there. Not to mention how much fucking drugs that they did back in the day. You know, I think they deserve... I think they all deserve to be on that any sort of list considering that they're still alive and functioning. So I'll go back to what I was saying. Speaking of drummers that just play the damn drums, my number three underrated drummer is Phil Collins. Yeah, I could put that. I, I agree with that. I, I find, like... Some people are surprised when I find out Phil Collins plays drums. Really? Yeah. It's not that surprising. It, it's not. It's like, that's kind of general knowledge. If you know about Phil Collins, you know about the previous band he was in, Genesis, which I love Genesis. Yeah. I'm big on my prog kind of stuff. Other people are like, eh, it's boring. Except it's for, except for uh, Richard Hammond. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stand Genesis. Oh, oh well. I love when Top Gear. <laughs> I love Top Gear. Man, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Phil Collins, um, underrated drummer. I, I just don't think people really talk about him. The stuff he played with Genesis was great. Even the stuff in his own band is really cool. Mm. You know, obviously, when you think Phil Collins, you always think In the Air Tonight. Yeah, I'd say that Which as is, well. Yeah. Well, I think Easy Easy Lover or whatever it is. Oh, that's my favourite yeah. Phil Collins song. There's that one. But when you talk about Phil Collins, everyone thinks that. But, you know, the kids now, they don't think of Phil Collins playing it. They think of the damn Cadbury Gorilla playing it. <laughs> I can understand. I can understand why though, because it's a generational gap. That's yeah, true. Unfortunate, but um, 
No, I definitely agree. He should be on. He's someone I think people should talk about more in the drumming world because he yeah. has, he has a lot to he has a lot to offer for the drummers. Mm. If people look into him, they'll be like, "Oh wow, okay, yeah, for sure." Because you know, playing and singing at the same time—that's not easy. Yeah, no, I agree. That took me. The, I'll tell you how I learned how to play and sing at the same time. And don't laugh, Guitar Hero. <laughs> He laughed. <laughs> That's how I taught myself to play and sing at the same time. Get the coordination happening. Nah, I know. I know and now I, I can pick up a bass and guitar and kind I can't sing, but I can like... You can still do it. Over yeah. the top. And it, it with drums as well, depending on the beat. Mm. There's some it's like you're thinking too much and you're like... <laughs> yeah, nah, same here. Yeah, I have that same problem. Nah, I know what you mean. Definitely. Yeah, Phil Collins, I think more drummers should look into him. Yeah, be a lot to learn from. Speaking of drummers to look into, Jonathan Moffat. That's my number two. Uh, who? Jo- you don't even know who Jonathan Moffat is. I've never heard the name before. You don't know who Jonathan Moffat is, and you're a drummer. I've never heard the name. He's a fucking Jackson Five drummer. Ah, oh. and the Michael Jackson drummer. He's been with him for like what? It was with him for the thirty years or something like that. I, I wasn't. I'm not big on the Motown kind of scene, so I don't. I'm, su- but I'm surprised though, because like I've every single drummer that I talk to, they know who Jonathan Moffat is. I've never heard the name until now. Shit. Well, either way, um, what's your profanity? Oh, I don't care. <laughs> no, I'll make sure it's meaningful. Um, Jonathan Moffat. Man, I'm surprised you don't know who he is. I've never heard the name before. I've until met him now. I met him at the um at that Ames thing in 2010 that they bought here, and he was on it with Kulik and you know all those other guys. Awesome drummer, massive kit, which is really cool, and he uses just about everything that's offered to him. He, he's anybody that's worked with the Jacksons or Michael Jackson deserves to be in a league of their own. If you're selected to work with him, then you know you're yeah, you're doing something right. And the fact he's been with him, it was with him for like all of the touring, all that. He from the start all the way to this is it, all the way then, even the Jackson Five stuff. I think you deserve every bit of recognition that you can have. And he's definitely underrated because he isn't nobody. Like, just like you said, you don't know who he is. I'll show you some stuff after the podcast, but fantastic drummer. You know, I I don't remember it that well because it was how many years ago? Yeah, true. Like six years ago when I uh, met him. Fantastic drummer. That's all I got to say, really. And he deserves to be in that league of his own because he's worked with the Jacksons. Like, the, the Anybody that's worked with the Jacksons deserves to be in a league of their own. Yeah, and speaking of drummers that no one knows, Mike Tarana. Mike Tarana. You know that guy? No. There you go. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, not, you a, not, know I'm not a drummer, though. That's the <laughs> yeah, thing. This, this is now, like, guys, like, this one, I mean, like, you get into that kind of, like, independent territory, guys that do a lot of this stuff on their own kind of yeah. thing. Mike Tarana is one of these guys. He's, um, he's sessioned for so many bands. And he's got that many, you know, side albums and side projects and all these little things happening. And when you break it down, he is probably one of the best drummers I've ever seen play. Yeah. So, like, you know how I feel about Big Drum Kit. I, you know, who's he worked with? Oh, uh, oh boy. Let's go to our friend Google. And while we go with that, keep telling me what you're gonna say. No, just like my my. Mike Tyson dead? No, he's not. <laughs> Don't lie to me. Let's see. Oh, so he's one of those sort of drummers. Yeah, he's one of those independent guys who's just he's a works with anyone. He's and a everyone. session guy. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Um, so, look, see what I mean? Like, 
how many bands there are that he's kind of worked with. What's the list of bands, though? Other releases as well. Uh, oh, my God. What are the bands that he's been with? Oh, uh, that, you know, people would know. Um, oh, Infay. Jesus. Yeah, Tony McAlpine. Infay will know. Uh, Tara from uh, she was the first singer for Nightwish. Ah, yeah. But yeah, see what see what I mean. He's worked for a lot of guys, but not not many people know who they are. Yeah. Uh, the new one he's with now is a band called uh, Vision Divine. Okay. Power metal group from Italy. It's really cool. Uh, and his other band, his solo kind of thing. Where is it? I downloaded it not too long ago. I bought so I bought it. I <laughs> downloaded. I bought it. Uh, it's called Tarana, his band. If you want to look it up, it's T E R R A N A. Tarana. Real cool 80s rock kind of sounding stuff. I've shown you and George before. Yeah, I think you have. I've yeah. shown you guys, and you guys are like, oh, this is cool. Mm. I'm pretty certain you have shown yeah. it to me. Yeah, no, I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, he's one of those guys. He does it all very best style in his playing, but a lot of guys, a lot of people don't know who he is until you. Same thing, like even a guy like Thomas Lang. Uh, Dave Weckl, Virgil Donati, guys yeah. like this. When you really start going into those kind of worlds, you know. I'm sure it's the same thing with the guitar world as well. Yeah, no, no. When really you mean. start going really into it, like, oh my god, this guys, these guys are playing on everything, sort of thing. Yeah, he's one of those guys. He's almost played in everything. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, moving on to the next one that I've got, and that's Matt Sorum. Is that your number one? Num as I said, it's not real. As I said, it's not in order. But yeah, he's on the top. At the top five list, you're not in order. I know, but it's hard though. You, you, it's hard when you're not a drummer because it's like you know, you you go for personal bias. That's all it really is. And I, th- yeah, I. Th- what do you think about Matt Sorum before I go on? Look, I'm not the biggest Guns and Roses fan. You're not. Jeez, I'm not. I wasn't I'm expecting that. I don't. You know why? Because for me. When you talk to someone about Guns N' Roses, all they talk about is Sweet Child of Mine and Welcome to the Jungle and Paradise City. And like, they've got other songs as well. You realise that? Oh, yeah. No. I know why people talk about it because that whole entire album is one of the best albums of all time. Oh, as, yeah, you know, Appetite for Destruction is an amazing album, but for me, it's just all the songs I've ever played and just, the band's just spoken about so much and, you know, how long has it been since I've really been together until now? Um, about... 20 years or something, maybe 15 years. It was like, um, Chinese Discography. Chinese Democracy. Democracy. Just goes to show you're not a fan. See <laughs> what I mean? Discography. Fucking hell. You're turning into Julian. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not a Guns N' Roses fan. There it is. It's out there now, okay? Well, there you go. And you're hated just about it by everyone, including me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Nah, These bands I like that other people don't like. Yeah, nah. Guns N' Roses. Uh, I like One Direction. I People don't. give me shit for that. I don't. <laughs> I'll defend that second album. That I second give album I give great. credit for the second album, but I don't like the band. <laughs> Why do I even call them a band? They're not a fucking band. <laughs> They're not. Um, Matt Sorum, yeah. Instead of talking about Guns N' Roses in one direction, let's talk about Matt Sorum. Matt Sorum, he's worked with Guns N' Roses, bloody Velvet Revolver. Um, this is just off the top of my head. He's got the Kings of Chaos thing, which is really cool. And the Hollywood vampires now. So, his resume speaks for itself. His playing speaks for itself. I mean, God, how how much of a... <laughs> it's it's hard to replace... What's his face from um, Guns N' Roses, buddy? It's off the top of my head. What's what, his Steve name? Adler. Steve Adler, that's it. I was looking See, for See, I don't name. even know, but I, 
I don't even like Guns N' Roses, but I know who the drummer is. Yeah, Steve <laughs> Adler. Yeah, nah, Steve Adler. Bloody, that's a hard person to replace from Guns N' Roses, and he did it, and he was fantastic drummer. He's he's one of the like you said, he's one of those drummers that just works for everyone kind of thing. But whenever you see him play, he's got his own style. He's as got well. his own niche. Yeah, no, it's good. I like it. I'll, I'll, I'll like, like you can kind of tell he's drumming anyway, really. Yeah, easy. Um, but I think he deserves to be on this list because he doesn't get enough credit for the hard work that he's put in. That's just how I see it. Fair enough, fair enough. Because there's a lot of drummers out there that are like, you know, you, every everyone has their own select amount of drummers that they like. And it's usually, whoops, it's usually the ones that... Um, the more mainstream the ma- The more mainstream ones, whereas I see, like, you know, somebody from, like, Eric Carr from Kiss, or I'll see, you know, Jonathan Moffat or something like that. Um, even Fred Corey from Cinderella. Sometimes I'll see him, you know, and it's just like, these are great drummers, but they don't get enough credit for their work, you know. Um, I, I like the underrated guys. <laughs> That's just me. Jesse loves the underdog story. Yeah, of course. And here we get to my number one underrated drummer. Yes. And everyone might think differently, but you know who... I think this is all... Uh, we're talking all rock music in general since the start. Yeah. The most underrated rock drummer of all time for me is Ringo Starr. Yeah, I can agree with that. This is a guy that gets so much shit for nothing. <laughs> right? Yeah. When you look back on the, what the Beatles have done, like I, like I keep saying, guys that play what the music needs. He has a very musical way of playing the drums and it fit what the Beatles were doing. Yeah. He was one of the first guys to like double take different drum things over the top of each other. Yep. But still, he's boring. He's shit. He sucks. He doesn't play fast. Because he doesn't need to. It's because a reason it was a different time back then. There's a reason he's one of the most expensive session drummers in the world now. Because he, he gives him the song and he plays what it needs. And not to mention he is from the Beatles. So I think that, that, that too. I think that, that brings up the price tag as well. <laughs> yeah. But like, have you seen his solo show? I haven't, no. But I have heard about it. Um, Fantastic. And I did hear a lot of good things about it. Um, but yeah, no. I think he deserves to be on that list. Not many, really speak does, ab- you know. not many people speak about him. They do, but not in a, in a positive light. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard because you look at the Beatles and you've got John Lennon, Paul McCartney and George Harrison. Yeah. You know, guys that definitely do overshadow Ringo Starr. And Ringo's just kind of there, just bobbing his head, doing his happy thing. And see, like the, like you are saying controversially, you, you're not a fan of Guns N' Roses. I'm not the biggest fan of the Beatles. <gasps> I'm not. I've just... I'd, I never could really get into their stuff. That's just how it was. I used to hear it and I'd but be that's like, that's fucking boring for me. That's fair enough. Cause um, everyone's got different tastes. Everyone's got their own taste, but I can still appreciate what they've done, you know? Yeah. I'm, um, I'm definitely a fan. Well, I, you know, my mum listened to it all the time when I was growing up, so. Yeah, it was different for me. I, I listened to The Doors and all that sort of stuff from the 60s, um, which is very different, but, you know, it's same sort of era, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Same with Elvis. Elvis was more of a... Influence on me rather than the Beatles, <laughs> but the Beatles, you know, destroyed Elvis. I know, but I don't, couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> I, I, I love, I love saying that to you know, you know Elvis diehards, and I'm like you realize the Beatles, are like they destroyed Elvis. I know, but I'm just but like, they, they who get cares? Like <laughs> no, like I, I know, but I'm, I'm just pointing out like when you bring it up to other ones, and they like, oh, I'm like sorry, yeah. they came and they. 
took over everything Elvis was doing. Elvis didn't like it either. But oh well. I can understand why he didn't Look, like it. Look, there's still... Wraith fans now are just as popular as they were. I know. Think. I, and so I think it's great, but, you know... like You look at the history of it, they've left their mark in the world. Yeah, that's all that matters, really, you know. Uh, have we any underrated drummers that we didn't have on the list? No. No? Not not for me, no. Hmm. <laughs> no, no one off the top of my head, really. It'll be different for guitarists. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what. Um, Metal, I think her name is. Who's that? She's a YouTube drummer. Oh God! Another one of those YouTube drummers. No, no, no. <laughs> See what I mean? I'm, I'm She's not one that does all the tricks in that, and she doesn't play all the mainstream stuff. She plays a lot more metal kind of stuff. Okay. But like her covers, you know, they're all good quality in that. But uh, I think the last year, year before, she did her solo album, and the drum work on that is amazing. But you know, when people see her, it's like, oh, she only got all the likes and all this because she's got tits. She's the chick. She's a girl who plays the drums. She can't play properly. Well, I can sort of agree and disagree. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? What? I can sort of agree with the tits thing because it is true in a con- in a way, but it's also... Um, oh, yeah. She, she is into her advantage. If she's thing. good looking, then that's also a thing because yeah. anybody that's good looking and they play an instrument, they kind of... Everyone froths over. It's like guitarists. Yeah, it's true, but... Like, like you listen, it's like, like Nita Strauss every time. It's like Jesus Christ. You can let you can watch her YouTube stuff, and she always like you know, I got friends that complain. Oh, she looks bored all the time. <laughs> and like, well, you know, the friend that said it to me too is like, you, man, you look like a deer in headlights when you play drums. Yeah. When there's people in front of you watching, you're like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to do. No, not you mean. <laughs> but you listen to her solo stuff that she's you know written with all these other musicians, and it's a fantastic album. I'll, I want to get you to listen to it afterwards. Yeah, sounds good. Now, let's move on to the other half of the rhythm section, the basses. Basses. We, seeming we have some of the same things, how about we just touch on them together instead of going back and forth for this one? Seeming we've got pretty much the same list. Do we? I think we do. It's number five. My number five is your number three. Oh, Phil Linnett. Yeah. Linnett, Linnett. Phil Linnett. I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. Amazing, amazing bass player. Thin Lizzy, right? Yeah. But, you know, I think the reason people don't talk about him as much kind of thing is because, you know, he he died. Yeah. He died so young, so it's not a lot to really, you know. Yes, his um, boys are back in town, Whiskey in a Jar. I'm trying to think other Thin Lizzy songs that would be. <laughs> nah. Um. But, you know, the, we went to a bass clinic with another guy that's on this list. Who replaced him? Yeah. Mark, you might as well say, okay, this again. Confu- we we may as well just put it out there. I've, I've confused this now. So, we both got Phil Liner on our list. Yep. There's another bassist by the name of Marco Mendoza that's on our list. Yeah. We went to Marco's um, bass clinic a couple of years ago when he, he plays with the Dead Daisies, other bands he played with, uh, White Snake, Black Star Riders, and Thin Lizzy, uh, and Ted Nugent. Yeah. And Marco, you know, he was talking about playing Phil's parts. And, you know, you have to play with the pick sort of thing to get those ghost notes happening. Like, he lay with the fingers and he's like, it's not the same effect as if I do this. Plays with the pick. And you're like, oh, okay. When you play with the pick, you're like, oh, okay. Phil's part's actually quite complicated. Yeah. Much different. <laughs> like, when he, when he broke it down, you're like, oh, okay. It's not what I thought it was. Yeah. You know, ba-bam. Yeah. 
Just that little I know part. What you mean. Just that little part. You're like, when you break it down, like, oh, I've been playing it wrong for how many years? Oh my god. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So we got Phil Lynott and Marco Mendoza on our list. Have Sim- we got Gene Simmons on our list? Yes, we do. Another another basis. Yeah, you know, people only talk about him because he's the demon. They don't talk about his playing. Gene's and Gene's one of those guys that's like doesn't really want to talk about his playing either. No, but he doesn't get enough credit for it either. There are kiss baselines out there that I can't play. Yeah, there's kiss baselines that there's I can't some play really funky stuff happening. You know who else is a really good bassist from Kiss? Um, Bruce Kulick. Yeah, he played a, he played a lot of like fretless bass on um, Revenge. I heard. Um, no, nah, he's he's good. Gene Simmons is a good guitarist too. I've actually seen some of his guitar playing. Good singer as well. Oh yeah. I, overall, as a musician, like songwriter and all that, Gene Simmons is a is really good. But you don't you know hear a lot about it. Because you know you're constantly thinking the the business kind of thing side of him. Yeah, you know he's the demon and he's had sex with over six thousand women, whatever it was. Mm. Yeah, no, nah, I agree with you. But there's a lot more to the man behind the mask. Yeah, same with um. Yeah, I agree with you, hundred percent. We've also got another person on our list as well that w- is the same. We'll say um one, two, three. Michael, Michael Anthony. Anthony. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Van Halen Anthony. bass player. Sammy yep. Hagar will defend this guy until he dies. Sammy Hagar will defend Michael Anthony. Because, you know, same thing. Like was, like I said before, Alex Van Halen. When you talk Van Halen, you don't talk about Alex and you don't talk about Michael. You talk about Eddie Van Halen and David Lee Roth. Yeah, pretty much. Michael's job in that band was to make Eddie look good. I'm putting it out there now. A bass player's job is to kind of make the guitarist look good. Mm, I don't know if I agree with that one. I don't. I don't agree with that. <laughs> what do you mean? I I agree that it needs to. F- they need to fill in the rhythm section, which he does really well. But I don't think that that it's like that. I I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm a big Van Halen fa- fan and I don't really notice a difference. Whereas other people that are only know maybe three or four Van Halen songs will see it and will be like, oh, you know, it's just it's just Eddie Van Halen and they won't know who anything anyone else is. I kind of disagree with that one, but, you know, big to differ on that one. <laughs> you know, I mean, Sammy had that video come out how long ago where he, you know, went about it. W- what video? Would they, um The kind of shit he did on Eddie. Oh, I did hear about that, yeah. Because, I mean, in... I'll, I'll say it now, in Van Halen... Michael Anthony didn't get really to, to show off as much because, like I said, the whole focus was on Eddie and David. It mm. wasn't until after Van Halen that Ma- Michael Anthony gets to do his own kind of thing now. Like, uh, Chicken Foot. Uh, what else does he do? I think it's just Chicken Foot and his solo I'm stuff. I'm not too sure what yeah, else Yeah, and I'm does. sure... He's d- Actually, while we're talking about Michael Anthony, um, one of the best voices I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. He, he, I don't think he gets much recognition as a singer either. Who's that? Michael Anthony. Yeah, no, nah, I agree with you. He's a fantastic singer. No. You seem a little down about the comment I made about Eddie. No, nah, I'm not down. I'm just tired. <laughs> Fair enough. You know me. I'm still recovering That's from it. my shitty fucking um, sleeping pattern. <laughs> Blame McDonald's for that. Yeah, I've resigned, so I can say whatever I want. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, so I guess so. We got four out of five that are the same. I think our last one's different. Yeah, nah. Go for your one because my one's gonna surprise last you. Last one, nah. Michael Anthony was my last one, but I have a person on there that 
is probably different to you. Go for it. No, I'm saying my one's completely different. I'll say the name and you'll be like, who? Lemmy. Ooh. Lemmy's on my list. Okay. He doesn't. His bass playing doesn't get talked about. No. Because he, he doesn't... Did I put him on my basis? I didn't put him on top five basis. Oh, that's that's a surpri- that's surprising of you not doing that. I know. Ooh. You know, you the biggest Lemmy advocate, and you I don't know, even put I it know. on the list. Fuck. I think <laughs> it's because he, he plays a guitar like it's a plays a guitar plays the bass like it's a guitar, and that's different. It works. He gets it going through a Marshall cabin head. It sounds amazing. See, I'm the sort of person that likes. Doing things differently. He plays it like a rhythm guitar. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how it should be. You saw Anvil, remember, with um, the bassist that they got there. Mm. How was filling in all the um, rhythm section. That's how it should be, you know. Um, I'm I'm the sort of person with bass playing and well, not even just bass playing, just musicians in general. I like seeing people push the boundaries and do stuff that isn't traditional. Because traditional gets boring after a while. It's like um, there's another guitarist I'm going to mention later on, but I won't mention now. But he does all the synth pedals and all that sort of stuff. Don't mention him now because I don't. I, I want to talk about him later properly. But yeah, he does all the synth synthesizing, synthesizers and all that sort of stuff. And um, through a guitar too. Yeah, you know it's different. Like you gotta push the boundaries, not stick with the traditional shit. That's just how I feel about it. Because the more you stick with traditional shit, the more. Um, the evolution of music doesn't continue. Yeah, well, um, de- yeah, Lemmy's one of those guys that definitely made me want to do that. I mean... He pushed um, the boundaries. You know, you notice my pedal board, there's a distortion pedal on there now. Yeah. Used to be a bass overdrive, but now I've got a guitar distortion pedal on there because it sounds a lot better. But I was doing that when I was playing in a pop punk band because mm. I was sick of the whole, like, you plug your P bass in and that's it. Yeah. Like, I want more from the bass. I want it to be different and stand out. And I did it and I got told off for it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's another episode in itself. Yeah, exactly. Um, who was your last <coughs> last one? Her name is Divinity Rocks. Okay, she's a rapping bass player who plays for Beyonce. Interesting. I bet you didn't see that coming. I knew it was going to be something different, but I didn't expect it to be Beyonce. Um, or Beyonce's um. Bass player, yeah. Bass player. Divinity's been kind of doing a thing for a little while now, the rapping bass playing thing. But it's like, it's not hip-hop, normal rap kind of thing. She's playing along with a rock band while she's rapping over the top. And these songs are, her writing skills are amazing. And the fact that she's doing this while slapping and popping and playing all these runs and things like that is absolutely mind-boggling. And she, you know, with Beyonce, she fills in that, you know, with modern-day pop kind of stuff how important is the bass in songs it is and she fills it up and you know how I feel about Beyonce <laughs> oh, I'm, not, I'm not the biggest Beyonce fan I either think she, I think she deserves to be on the overrated list <laughs> she's a glorified backup dancer really yeah fucking Destiny's Child and all Who, that you know uh, look credit where credit is due Beyonce has an amazing voice yeah I'll give her that she's just a backup dancer on stage really I had I had someone go a couple of years ago with his girlfriend to watch her and he's like I couldn't tell which one she was on the stage I think what she's anno- dressed exactly the same as everyone else and doing the same moves and you can't tell who she is I think what annoys me the most is how people rave on about her because it's like you know whenever there's like a music awards it's the centre of attention yeah and it's like like even uh, what was yeah. it the, the, the other day what was it the other day not the other day but they had a um yeah the BMAs there was another one that they had um, another one no nah, there was another another 
um, music awards. I thought it was like MTV. Saw some MTV yeah. music video awards where they had the tribute to Lemmy. They had um, the Hollywood vampires do the tribute. That was the Grammys. Grammys. There you go. I couldn't. I couldn't even remember. Didn't even get a mention in the news. But fucking Beyonce does, doesn't she? You know, that 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 pissed me off a bit. That's the world we live in now. But yeah, back to your bassist. I look. I I think this is someone people should look up. Yeah, Divinity Rocks. Go check her out. I I don't even know how I ca- I'll tell you how I came across it because um for a while I've been looking at possibly getting another bass. Oh yeah. Maybe five strings. And the ones that kind of stick out for me are Warwick basses made over in Germany. I've heard about these ones. Because um yeah, Bootsy Collins plays them. He's got his awesome star bass that they custom made for him. Mm-hmm. Uh Devin Townsend plays their stuff now exclusively. Yep. And I've played a handful of Warwicks before, and I, I love them. And I came across her playing one, and I was like, okay, it's a very different approach to playing it. Yeah. And I just looked up more and more of it, and I'm like, okay, I'm a fan. I don't like rapping at all, but I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Fucking appreciate that. Well, that's our bassist done. Um, Rhythm section's done. Now we get to the guitarist. Ooh. Guitarist. Ooh. All right. I got two for my number five. Can we do our honourable mentions first? For for guitarists? Guitarists. I really don't have any. Oh, you don't? Kind of. I've got heaps. <laughs> He's got heaps. Yeah. I might as well do your ones. All right. So, my honourable mentions are Satchel. Ooh. Satchel's on that list, and I know that's okay, going to piss let's just, a lot of people. Let's just put this out right there right now. For all the lists we're saying, Silk Panther's on them. Yeah. 100%. No one, no one takes these guys seriously because you're not supposed to. Oh, they're, they're a gimmick band. Who gives a shit if they're a gimmick they're band? They're the awesome musicians. musicians. Seen. It doesn't matter if they're gimmick a gimmick band or not. They're fantastic musicians. You know, I have a great story about Michael Starr, but we'll get into that when we get to the singers. Yeah, but he he um he deserves to be on that list because he's uh, well, what else can you say really? It's Satchel. You know, he's fantastic um guitarist. Uh, luckily, I caught one of his picks, which made me mark out a bit <laughs> at the gig. But you know, um, he's worked with you know fight with um, with who was it? Oh, it's off the top of my Thornbirds? head. Thornbirds? No, not th- he did Thornbirds, but he did fight with um, Rob Halford. Rob Halford, that's it. God, I was trying to think of who it was. Yeah, did fight with him. He did that um, band with him. He did the Thornbirds. He's done um, the Atomic Punks, which is cool, and. Look at his guitar playing. It's all, insane. All the, all the guys have been playing in bands for so long. Mm. But it wasn't until Silk Panther that they've kind of become known. Yeah. I mean, look at his guitar playing speaks for itself. His solo during the show, I fucking love. That's all when, when he gets behind the drum kit and then starts, you know, hitting the uh, kick and playing along to stuff. He even got to the point this time around where he started hitting the uh, the symbols of his neck of his guitar which is cool but uh <laughs> i don't think he gives a shit he gets it for free anyway probably. yeah exactly uh kramer i reckon guitar can have another one i actually played one of his um i gave one of his uh s- was it the signature model that he has a go and fantastic guitar one of the best i played i know you'll big you'll be you have a different opinion because you're not the biggest fan of kramer guitars no i don't like how they feel Whereas I'm the total op. You like the thick necks, so I like the really thin necks. That's because I'm playing bass. Yeah, because I like having being able to reach around it without having to. You know, but see, it's, it's it's funny because I'm 
you know, one of my favorite guitars is a Telecaster. I know. I love playing a Telecaster. See, I'm the total opposite. <laughs> I, I like my 80s guitars. But yeah, either way. Three sixteen gimmick street over here. Oh, dude, gimmick street. Gimmick <laughs> street, no gimmick street. Good guitars. All right, so we got... Who else have we got on this honorable mentions? Doug Aldrich. Yes, yes. Fantastic guitarist. I mean, his stuff, White Snake. White Snake, you know, bloody. Even now, he's playing with the Dead Daisies. Dead Daisy the song stuff. that came out, what's it called? A Long Way to Go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. After, you know, Richard's gone, Dizzy's gone to go play with um, Guns N' Roses. I was going to say Led Zeppelin. I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> guys in that band left to go play with Guns N' Roses and. Doug Aldridge comes in and plays, and it's wow. Yeah, the band's changed so much since we first saw him, and we're like, okay, we get, we're liking this change now. Yeah. And then I got Mick Mars on that list because he doesn't get enough credit either. He doesn't. I mean, l- look at him. He's got that back condition, and he still plays live. Yeah. You know, have you seen, even his sessions, as a session musician, he's really good. Like, so the stuff that he did with Hinder was really cool. Um, I think he played on a Crash Diet song, which is cool as well. Um, I think it's a band called American Pop or something like that. He played on. He played on a lot of a lot of stuff, and yeah. then the Motley Crue stuff that he did. Great guitarist, you know. Um, but well, yeah, that's while we're on that, um, I got to go to YouTube guitarists. Oh yeah, I mean, Rob Chapman, Ruby Massad, uh, Jared Dines as well. Yeah, I'd put him up. up he there. Uh, look, uh, with the guys in Rest of Praise, the best guitarist in that band is playing the drums. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Bruce is good and the other guy's good, but Jared just can outplay them and I know it. Rob Scallon as well is another one. The what he can what he does with the guitar and all the multiple instruments he plays is awesome. I don't know if you've seen recently he's been releasing like ukulele metal covers. I haven't seen of like a Sunday youth group kind of thing. It's hilarious. Jesus I've Christ. played a Slayer song and I've played a Cannibal Corpse song, so I don't know what's next to come. I haven't seen it. I, I'm I'm never on YouTube anymore. I barely yeah. watch anything. But yeah, got guys like that. Yeah, I I could say that. But yeah, let's start to, from my actual list. Like I said, for my number five, I have two. Have you got two? I got Corey and Matt from Trivium. Okay. I couldn't pick. These are two guys that are just, you know, um, Matt Heap is one of the best songwriters out there. Yeah. What Corey does with that guitar and that band is great. He's always learning as well. That's the insane thing. He's always finding ways to improve his playing when he doesn't need to. Cool. Even Matt as well as a guitarist, he can do it. He can do just the same as well. Yeah. Also, he's got the same thing Vi has. Just his freakishly large freakishly hands. Freakishly large hands. Yeah. <laughs> and he makes probably it work. wrap it around your hand, head twice. <laughs> yeah. So these, I, I'm, I love Trivium though. Their guitar works awesome. Yeah, I can Band appreciate it. Yeah, check out Vitruvian. My number five, and probably the best songwriter of Kiss, Vinnie Vincent. And he's probably one of the most underrated guitarists too. A lot of Kiss fans will probably get pissed off at me for that, but I think he deserves to be on this list because listen to Revenge. A lot of that is his stuff, which people don't seem to realise. No. He wrote Unholy. It's his song. When people think Kiss, they're like, ah, oh, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons does everything. Well, they do, but they don't... Not all of the stuff's written no. by them. It, like you said, there's that there's that period of time when they weren't doing the massive chunk of songwriting anymore. Other guys are coming in and doing Like you said, Vinnie Vincent did it. Uh, yeah. Kulik. Kulik did a little bit. Even, it was, even like now, Tommy Faye is writing more songs. Yeah. He, he, that's the thing. Uh, Tommy Faye gets a lot of sh- flack for nothing, I reckon. 
Um, like if you listen to his stuff with Black and Blue, it's really cool. But you know, you're gonna have those k- typical kiss marks. Oh, Tommy Faye, fucking, oh, he, 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 uh, he, he just he's just copying Ace. No shit, it's he's getting paid to do that. What do we all love? You, that? You're all fucking jealous because you can't be in Kiss. That's all it really is. <laughs> Guns are out. Let's go shoot. It's true. <laughs> it's true. If you if you got a problem with it, go cry to someone else about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vinnie Vincent. Listen to Lick It Up. Great album. Some a lot of that is his stuff too. But nobody knows what the hell happened to him. Even if even his solo stuff, man. Even if it's an invasion, is probably one of my favorite bands. Like every time I listen to their stuff, I can never get over it. Yeah, but now he's I don't know. He's probably living under some Kiss Army fucking nuts basement or something like that. Locked up. Yeah, who the hell knows what he's doing these days? He's <laughs> yeah, he's gone a bit of a weird trip. He's just he's disappeared. Nobody knows where he is. Um, but yeah, he's on my list. Jeff Waters. Jeff Waters. That's a name you probably don't know. Mm, I've heard of him. You can, you know, you know, you know, you're allowed to say no. No, I've heard of the name. I just don't know who he is that well. Uh, he plays for a band called Annihilator. Which, you know, I okay. love my thrash metal. Yeah, he's one of those guys, and he's um, he's singing in his band while playing this thrash stuff. Oh yeah, that's impressive on its own. But then you see his solo work. And you know, when he plays solos and how melodic they are, you know, he can go from I'll make it sound like a guitar singing to, you know, sound like a summoning a demon kind of thing. A really cool one is uh the Roadrunner All Star sessions that came out. So Roadrunner uh United, whatever it is, had this idea, you know, it's been around for twenty five years. Let's do let's not just do a compilation album where we get like one song from every artist. Yeah. Let's get a like a couple dedicated songwriting captains and they can get their own bands together and write a couple songs each for the album. Mm-hmm. And no one's ever done that. Yeah. And Rob Flynn got Jeff Waters to play one of his songs and you listen to the solo one and you're like, whoa. <laughs> it just, everything fits so well. Like I said, he goes from making it sing to summoning a demon. There you go. So Jeff Waters is a guy, also very theory-based, very theory-driven. It's awesome. See, I'm the total officer. I, I love that. <laughs> I love guys that know this shit. Ah, uh, fuck you. <laughs> so you, nah, you, like you can sit I down. You can sit down. He'll like if you. I'm sure if you ever like, he'd probably talk to you. You'd be like, huh? Yeah, I'd be like, speak English, please. <laughs> yeah, because if you're asking to break down one of his solos, he'll do it and he'll tell you exactly what he's doing. I'll just say to him, just play it, and I'll follow you. <laughs> that's just how I am. But no, nah, that's good. I can appreciate people that know the theory. I wish I knew my theory, but I can't. I just physically cannot learn it. So, I if you don't want if to so, learn it. No, it's not. It's not that. It is not that. You give me shit all the time for this, but it's got nothing to do with that, actually. Um, if anybody knows how to teach me theory properly, please give me a shout, because I really need help. <laughs> all right. Next guitarist, Steve Stevens, the guy that was talking about synth. Yep. Deserves to be on that list. How many guitar How many guitar players do you know of that uses a fucking ray gun on any tracks? An actual ray gun on the pickups. Not to mention another guitarist, another instrument, uh, another musician that's played with Michael Jackson. Yes, that's another so one. That's a, this is another guy that's part of that elite group that's had the king ask him to play for him. Yeah, and well, worked on a song with him especially. Um not even li- not necessarily live. He did a, he did do one I think one show with him for a, did a, did an appearance, but either way, it's like 
he deserves to be on that list because you know Billy Idol, Billy Idol, his, his solo stuff, the Atomic Playboys um, thing that he did, um, Top Gun anthem. Yeah, that's an, he ended up winning. They won won a Grammy for that as well, which no, but not many people will probably know. Um, and um, he did Kings of Chaos as well. He's done a lot of things in his life. But like this, this is what we're saying. Like people don't know who he is. People don't like the names we're saying. Like some know, others don't. Mm. And it's really disappointing because this is a guy. If he was this, like, especially Steve Stevens is a guitarist. People should talk about. Yeah, he's a guitarist. Guitarist. Yeah, he's he he knows his theory, but he doesn't shove it down your throat like some other people do. <laughs> you <laughs> nah. always say that about me. I'm kidding. Um, Just because I know it. I'm kidding. <laughs> Hey, don't doesn't mean you have to be a Nazi about it. <laughs> I'm just saying sometimes it's good to have. I know, but if you can learn it, then it's a different story. You got a gift, whereas I fucking physically cannot learn it. <laughs> Either way, moving on with um Steve Stevens. Watch watch the stuff he does with his guitar, with the synth pedal and the pickup. He he plays like fucking piano with his guitar. It's insane. And just yeah. Listen to all the Billy Idol stuff and you'll understand what sort of a guitar player he is. Awesome. Like, Eyes Without a Face. All that piano stuff is him playing on guitar. But yeah, Steve Stevens. That's my my mention on that one. Richie Cotson. Yeah, he should be on that list. This is an underrated singer too, but I put him on the guitarist one because people know Richie Cotson as a singer, but they don't know him as a guitarist. No. He played with, you know, he was uh, 90s with Poison? Uh, early 90s, yeah. Early 90s, yeah. yeah the, um, Kicked out because he uh, fucked the bass player's wife, <laughs> I believe it was. Uh, what a fucking idiot. But um, R- Richie Cotson, you know, first, first of all, I can appreciate a guy who can, you know, play the kind of music he does without a pick. Yeah. A lot of it's his fingers and thumb kind of thing, which is like, how? How do you know. get that kind of tone from it? It's insane. Yeah. But, you know, one of my favourite bands at the moment is the Winery Dogs that he plays guitar for. And his guitar work on that is great, but, you know, he doesn't get much mention as a guitarist, as as more as a singer. Mm, Great. So, yeah, like I said, I wish wish these were guys, you know, people spoke about more. They were more in the mainstream kind of guitar talk. They're like, you know, me think mainstream guitarists or Eddie Van Halen slash kind of thing. Yeah, and not to mention that Poison album that he did was diff- very different. Exactly. Poison. Probably the best guitarist that Poison had. Sorry, Poison fans, you're going to be pissed off at me on that one. C.C. Deville <laughs> was good. Yeah, he doesn't get enough credit no, for but what he... He gets He gets shit on more than credit. That's really what it is. Like, oh, he's a shit guitarist because he can't shred properly. It's like, well, he's, he wasn't those that sort of a guitarist that was all melodic you don't, you and don't, stuff. You don't need to shred. All he's time. just... He's one of those guitarists that... Did a lot of cocaine and all that sort of stuff. Lived the party life and played in a rock band. So either you're jealous or you're just a piece of shit. That's just if you're going to complain about it. Yeah, like <laughs> C- CC was good, but Richie was just on a different level. Yeah, pretty much. Agreed. Moving on. My one's Newton ben- Nuno Bentoncourt. Ooh. He is a fantastic guitarist. Like, He's one of the best guitarists there is. Yeah. Actually, heard I was on listening to the radio yesterday, and the person on, um, that was DJing Gold One Hundred Four was like, 
I've only heard of one band that was fronted by a man named Nuno. So he's extreme with more than words. I'm like, no, uh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I cracked the shits in the car. I'm like, that's not their front man. That's the guitarist, you uh, fucking idiot. <laughs> it's Gary Sharon that's the front man, not the guitarist. Oh, Buzz the guitar, please. Oh, I was... I'll get the sad music happening cracking, talk about it. I was cracking the shits like, what the fuck? Oh, but yeah, Nuno Bencourt. Listen to Pornography 2. Listen to... Um, do continue your rant. Do continue my rant. Well, I've pretty much just oh, said my rant. In gen- yeah, he's out of tune. I've pretty much put my rant together. I've rest my case. <laughs> it was, that, that really pissed me off. <laughs> more than it should have. All right. More than words? Oh, more than words. <laughs> so you know what? That song... It's a great song, but it's not the best extreme song out there. I, I personally I was, don't think I, I so. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's, that's how much I know the song. I forgot how to play the damn thing. I don't like... <laughs> it's a good song, but they have better songs out there. They have much better songs. Get the funk out. Play With Me is my favourite. That ins- You want to see his guitar playing, listen to Play With Me, because it's insane. Insane. I love those neo- neoclassical kind of guys. Mm. A lot of classical shreds inspired. Like Ingve. Ingve's the yeah. best for that kind of stuff. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, uh, people don't talk about Nuno enough. They don't. They don't. They don't talk about extreme enough other than more than words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the only song that people probably only know. You know, it's the same thing with Mr. Big. Yeah, you're people saying People only the other talk day. Uh, more than words. More than to be with you. Yep. Ask me, I'm the glam guy. I know this shit. <laughs> not really a glam band, though. They were Mr. back... Th- dude, they're classified as a glam band. Really? Yeah, I Mr. Big, s- dude, they play... I never they play, as a glam band, though. They play with, they play with, um, with M3 Rockfest and all that sort of stuff in the States. They're, they're definitely a glam band. I, I consider them a prog band, honestly, but everyone's got different They're a hair on. band. Because if you've got long hair... And um, you're in a rock band. You're pretty much a hair band. That's kind of generic. I know, but it's true. It's That's like I, I put. It's like um, Billy Idol's not Billy Idol. Um, Cheap Trick. They're a hair band. They're a rock band, but they're a hair band because mm. they got the massive hair, except for the guitarist, of course. He's got the fucking skinhead. But um, fair enough. Nah, I'd I'd consider them a hair band. <laughs> Mr. Big, yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, uh, to me, they're a prog band, prog band, but everyone's got different opinions. Like, what sort of era are we talking about back then, or are we talking recent times? They've always had that prog influence, though, when they're playing. Yeah. It's, yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that one. Um, now that they've lost their hair, I could probably see them being a real prog band, but they still pl- they still play um they still play all those festivals, so they're considered in that group. They haven't played for a while, actually. They still play. Do they? Yeah, they're regular thing. Um, I don't, I don't know because I think they're doing the Monsters of Rock cruise over in the, in the US. Are I you think? sure it's Mr. Big? Because Billy Sheehan's doing Winery Dogs almost full time now. Well, now Gilbert's doing his solo stuff. Eric Martin's just kind of here and there. And now I it's probably now it's probably they're not doing anything. But it was maybe a year or two years ago that were doing pretty regular stuff. They were. They were, dude. No. I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very certain that they I were doing. I follow it. these guys really closely. Like, <laughs> we're playing. I'm gonna look this up because you'll I'm look it up. And until well, then, I'm gonna go on to my next guitarist. Go for it, Gus G. 
Yeah. Uh, plays in Firewind from Greece and plays with Ozzy Osbourne. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing, a guy, a lot of people really don't know much about him or the bands he plays for, so there's not a whole lot to talk ab- talk on about him, but you you check out his stuff and you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, you know, if Ozzy Osbourne's calling for you, there's a reason. Because he's gone from, you know, Ran- like Randy Rhodes will always be the best guitarist um, Ozzy Osbourne had, in Ozzy's opinion. But then, you know, replacing that was Zach Wald. And yeah. how good a guitarist is Zach Wald? I agree. Yeah. So to be in that kind of, you know, they're, they're like, Zach Wild and Randy Rhodes are like rock gods. They're rock guitarists. They're gods in that scene. Yeah. Like there's Randy Rhodes awards at um, the guitar gods shows, whatever it is. Guitar yeah. Shows. The metal gods, whatever show that is. Yep. No. Yeah, you're distracted. Mega distracted. No, I'm I'm still listening. I'm you got to prove a point. You hard-headed Polak. Yeah, I'm proving the point. <laughs> 28th of September, they're playing the Regency Ballroom in San Francisco. 29th of September, the Rose in Pasadena. And then 29th, they're playing Monsters of Rock Cruise. So they are touring still. <laughs> they're a festival band, but they're not playing full-time. <laughs> are you sure it's Mr. Big? It is Mr. Big. Or is it a version of Mr. Big? It is Mr. Big. Are you sure? 100%. I don't know. It is Mr. Big. I'm telling you, man. Warrior Dogs are doing their thing full-time now. I know, but he's still doing gigs. They're, they're Actually, still no, playing. no. You know, sorry, Warrior Dogs are taking some time off because Mike Portnoy's playing with Twisted Sister. Ha! Oh, fuck. You're choking Ha! Ha! That was weird. That was a bit fucking gay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that but was yeah, funny. Gus G. You're talking about Gus G. Yeah. To me, you know, for Ozzy, I was want to call you, you know, he considers you in that rank of um, Randy Rhodes, Zach Wild, uh, Jakey Lee as well. Yeah. Who's another underrated guitarist. Not many people talk about Jakey Lee and his work on Bark at the Moon. I love his stuff on Badland, from Badlands. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, to be considered that kind of list, you're doing something right. Especially Ozzy Osbourne, who's like, you know, Black Sabbath are the original metal band. Yeah. Agreed. So he's doing something right. No, yeah. for sure. Let's keep moving. By the way, yeah, he they're still they're still doing stuff. But um the drummer is Matt Starr, who used to be a part of um Ace Frehley's band. Ah. Yeah, so he's a uh current drummer at the moment. So it's still Gilbert, Eric and Actually no. Um how it w- this is weird, actually. This is very weird. So Eric Martin's the current members of the band, still Eric Martin er- Eric Martin. Eric Martin. Um Pat Torpy, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce his name. Um, Billy Sheenan and Paul Gilbert. Um, but. But. Um, yeah, Matt Starr's apparently their touring drummer. So, weird. But, yeah, apparently Richie Cotton was in the band for a short time as well. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. But, yeah, there's, um, the band, they are still doing stuff. Um, but currently, at the moment, yeah, they're just doing one-off gigs here and there. But they got tour dates for the next year or so, I think it looks like. So they're still they've been they they do gigs here in between I, dates. I know, I know uh, Portnoy's playing with uh, Twisted Sister at the moment. Yeah, to do their last couple run. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. No, they're still going. 
I, I don't know how these guys do like three or four projects at the one time. It's insane. Whenever, um, so they'll do probably I don't know a couple months on tour with, um, like hypothetically, let's think of it this way: Winery Dogs. They do a couple week tour in the UK, then they got two weeks off. What do they do in the two weeks? They go play gigs that are around their area, you know, with Mr. Big, and that's what they're doing with the um. With the Monsters of Rock cruise, because it's only a cruise for a couple of days. Fair enough. So that's how it works. Um, so what were we up to, guitarist? Number we're two. Um, did you say, no, I already said my number two. You, you said yours. Bruce Kulick. He's my number one. Yeah, Bruce Kulick, number two. I'm actually, as I said, the the top five, but they're not in order. That's just how I'm doing these Mine ones. Mine are, because I'm a bit OCD. I know. But I couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> and it kills me. I know. Um, Bruce Kulick. Grand Funk Railroad. Kiss. Did Union. the band with... Um, U- yeah, Union. He did the band with Michael Bolton. You know? What else can you say about the guy? I mean... <laughs> these works... As I've said that for a few people, but his work really speaks for itself. To be in Kiss th- for 15 years or something, or 12 years or whatever it was. I think it would have been longer had that reunion not have happened. I reckon it would have been longer if Eric Carr hadn't died. Okay. If Eric Carr was still alive now, the reunion wouldn't have happened. It would have been those four guys. It would have been those four guys. Gene, Paul, Eric, and Bruce. Yeah. The reunion wouldn't have happened otherwise. No. That's just how I feel. Um, but Bruce, yep. Great guitarist came in and replaced Mark St. John, who unfortunately had the hand issue. Um, who's another bloody underrated. Oh, he's going my honorable mentions. That guy was a freak of a guitarist. Um, but yeah, Bruce Kulick. What else have you got to say about him? <laughs> I'm definitely a fan of his work. I don't know a whole lot about him, but I've seen various bands he's played in, various, even like little workshop stuff. Mm-hmm. The thing I love is he knows his gear. Yeah. That's something I like in a guitarist that they, they look at the gear and they know what they're talking about. Like, you look at rig rundowns mm. and, you know, some of them are the artists themselves talking about their gear and others are just the techs talking about it. I know the Joe Perry one was because Joe Perry doesn't get there until, like, what, yeah, 15, 20 minutes before the show. <laughs> Which kind of sucks. Yeah. But, you know, I, I love guys that, you know, like, I play this for this reason, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I got an LTD Viper 50. Yeah, you know he plays the real version. I got the uh, almost Aldi version of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. But w- what he does with you know ESP, the, the, the guitars there, and he, uh, Marshall, and all his various pedals, very classic rock kind of sound, but he makes it work. Loves his analog stuff. Huh? Yeah, and he knows about it, so I love that. Yeah, for sure. Bruce Kulick's done. He's on my he's my number one. So that's sort of. So who's your number? Who's your last one? Richard Fortas. Okay. I think he's a fantastic guitarist who doesn't get enough credit for his playing. I find him to be a bit of a lazy player, actually. And I love that. <laughs> I love the lazy players, man. It's awesome. Like, you listen to his guitar playing on the Dead Daisy stuff. It's awesome stuff. Really good. It just sounds so lazy to me. I, just, I don't know. That's the point. It's to, it's to sound really easygoing and lazy. That's the whole point of it. You see him live, it's the same shit. You, he's a, he plays clean. And how do you mean lazy, by the way? Do you mean by like... What do you mean by lazy? Well, like... I, you know, I, I can't hear notes that well. 
Yeah. But even I can figure out some of these solos. Okay. Just there are a lot of them are the same kind of shape. Yeah. And to me, it's like that's a real kind of lazy way of playing these things, I guess. Hmm. But it also comes down to who who the fuck wrote the songs, which I'm sure it wasn't him. No, not at that point. Is that uh, yeah? Because what's came? Uh, what's his name? The other guitarist that no one cares about in that band. But um, Dave Lowy. Yeah. Yeah. To me, he I don't know what he's doing there other than the fact that, you know, cha-ching. Yeah. If you've got money, you can form a band. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, if I was in the same position, I'd be doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to hate him for that because fuck, if you got fuck you money, then why the hell wouldn't you do it? But um, nah, Richard Fortas. He's, you don't necessarily need to... Um, I was going to say, you don't need to necessarily change everything up every single song. But he makes it work, you know? I know, you got your type of musicians you like and I got my ones. Yeah. That's the whole point. Fucking you know? chalk and cheese here. Yeah, I know, that's the thing. You you like your strictly, you know, tunnel vision thing, whereas I like... Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I knew you'd react that way. <laughs> um you you like your certain musicians. I like my certain musicians. But at the end of the day, we we'll, you know we'll we'll bitch and moan and argue about why the, this one's better or why this one's better. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, you know, <laughs> I'm using a little bit of Marcus Dibble's vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. So Richard Fortas, great guitarist. Go check out the stuff that he did with the Daisies, and that's a guitarist. Not anymore, but. Oh, but then again, you you go and play. You'd, if you were asked, you'd go back and play for Guns N' Roses. Oh, fucking oath. I would do it. I'd or money. It's not even the money. It's Guns N' Roses. It's like biggest... They're probably the biggest stadium band right now. Even yeah. when ACDC comes here, they don't sell the MCG out. They sell fucking Eddie Hat out, which is half the size. I know that ACDC does it on more of a recurring like basis with more yeah. dates, but... Even then, you know, I, uh, for me, just the thing with the Guns N' Roses now is the fact that it's Axel and Slash back together. That's the biggest selling point for it. And um, and what's his face, uh, Duff McKagan too. I know, but the biggest thing is Axel and Slash. I know that's the whole point that's of it. That's the whole point. It's fantastic. I'm happy they're back together because yeah. I hated that. I, I never thought it was going to happen. Because before then, when you saw Guns N' Roses, it was Axel Rose and whoever he wanted to be fucking Guns N' Roses that night. <laughs> Well, um, to be fair, what's his face? Um, DJ Ashbell was a really good guitarist. He, fantastic guitarist. So I don't check out the stuff that he's doing with Six AM, because um, that's another guitarist who gets shit on a lot and doesn't get enough credit. The stuff that he did with Six AM is really cool. Um, and um, just in general, the Guns N' Roses backing band, their rhythm section now is pretty good. Like, um, who's their drummer now? It's Frank. Um, I've got no idea. Fuck, what's his name? But yeah, he he's a good kid. He's really good. I've actually um, seen some of his live stuff when he was over here, and they had I think it was Simon Hosford and um, James Ryan in his band for that one, which was cool. But yeah, that's our guitarist. Let's let's move on because I don't want to be I don't want to make this a two hour podcast. No, sorry. Um. As soon as I do something, everyone wants to talk to me. Every other time, they don't want to talk to me. It's Fair me. enough. Let's That's go why you don't touch your phone. <laughs> let's, let's skip a couple of things. Let's get underrated albums. 
I was going to leave that to last, but okay, let's do it. Actually, no, let's leave it to last because we've got two very different lists for that, I know. Okay. Let's go to underrated singers now. All in the, you know, musician kind of realm. Cool. Let's do it. My number five might be a shock to you. Yep. Nick Simmons. Yeah, I can agree Gene's with that. He's got this cool kind of Jim Morrison sort of thing about him. Yeah. When you listen to his work on uh, Bruce Kulik's solo album, is it Hand of the King? Yeah, Hand of the King. You listen to that song. Even Nick's got stuff on YouTube that he's done. You're like, he just, he makes it work for him. You know, other, you know, if he, I don't think he'd be as well known kind of thing if he wasn't Gene Simmons' son. Yeah. Which is fair enough. Because he's Gene Simmons' son, he can kind of bring that old Doors kind of style thing back. Yeah. Because he makes it work. I don't know if he's still singing or doing bands much. You don't hear much about him. I think he's still doing his own thing, but probably, you know, we'll find out eventually. I mean, he's a guy who's got a great little voice. Mm. Should definitely keep going with it. Yeah, I Mate. agree. My number five, definitely not in order, Gary Sharon. Yes. Another under, underrated frontman and singer. You see shit with Van Halen, underrated. There are people had that album and I don't know why. Because they're fucking that idiots. That album was so <laughs> good. Because they're fucking idiots. That's my opinion on that one. Um Oh, it's on David Lee Roth. It's on Sammy Hager. I think he it's still held his own. I think it's got to do with the fact that it's not very heavy compared to the other stuff. Who cares? It's all it's very music. different. But yeah, Gary Sharon, even the stuff with Extreme as well. Yeah. Um, number four. Uh, I don't know if you know this artist or not. A guy named Danko Jones. Yeah, I've heard about him. I've been listening to him for. Maybe 10 years, something like that. I've been listening to this guy. Okay. And the one time he comes down, I can't watch him. He went to play Sandwave and I forgot. I think Slayer are on and I'm like, oh, I have to watch Slayer, but Danko Jones is playing. No, really? How often do I get, you know, how often is Slayer come down sort of thing? <laughs> how often does Danko Jones come down? But he, he's a guy not a lot of people talk about, even in terms of his bands and that. Yeah. What this guy has done with his music since the 90s is fantastic. For sure. Agreed. But yeah, a, a lot of guys don't... A lot of people don't talk about him. So I, I wish more people knew about Danko Jones and his music and what he has to offer. Yeah. And get behind him. For sure. My number four is Stephen Piercy from Rat. Yeah. That guy has a very different voice and that's what I like about it. And the songs that he writes are actually pretty <laughs> good. I was going to do a Stephen Piercy impression. I'm like, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Stephen Piercy. He d- he's he should be on this list. I got a lot of glam guys on this list actually. Oh, of course you do. But they they, actually I can't lie. My yeah, my top ones are kind of glam. Yeah. What's your next one? Blackie Lawless. Yeah. Definitely. Oh my god! No one talks about Wasp or Blackie Lawless. He's still a fat. He's he's a fat cunt now, but he's can still sing. That's for sure. Blackie Lawless now looks like Rosie O'Donnell if she ate Blackie Lawless. <laughs> ate four of Blackie Lawless. <laughs> but you know what? He still has his voice. Yeah, he can he's, still sing. He's managed his voice. He's maintained it. He's looked after it. I just hate the fact that he's all churchy now and he doesn't sing most of the shit that he used to sing. Yeah, kind of sucks. It's like, puck like a beast. It's fuck like a beast, not puck like a beast. <laughs> but back, you know, you, you agree. Yeah. Wasp is a band no one talks about, and Blackie Lawless, even as a guitarist and, and a bass player. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, uh, there's a guitarist who used to be in that band. Um, what's his face? Fuck. Uh, I've totally forgotten his name, but he was a drunk fuck. 
Uh, to Google. Oh, shit. Go I should know this. Go on to your next one. Yeah. Well, either way. Um, my next one. Actually, no. Seeming where Chris Holmes. Chris Holmes. That's it. Chris Holmes. Chris Holmes. That piece of shit fucking... God, he... He threw it down the toilet. What the hell's wrong with the guy? Oh, well, Randy Black is playing drums for him now. That's awesome. Yeah. Bob Kulik, leader Ford, used to play. That's Wow. Okay. Yeah. He threw it down the toilet, unfortunately. But fantastic guitarist back in his day until he started drinking and then now you look at him and he's like... <sighs> Just a shadow yeah, what yeah, he used to be. He's like, he's like the uncle in the family, but very embarrassing and yeah. always very inappropriate. That's kind of what he say. looks like. Um, and his music sounds like shit now. I thought of his singer. Yes, I um yeah. Uh very quickly for underrated. And you know, his band still is Periphery is still a very new kind of band. Yeah. Their singer Spencer Satello is someone we should add on this list, but I forgot until now. Yeah. Great singer, great, you know, range, clean, the screams and that, it makes it all work. If you listen to his solo stuff, he does more pop kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's just, oh, wow. Well, you know how I feel about pop music, but... Yeah, definitely. He makes it work. So, Spencer Satello is definitely an honourable mention. Boom. And then there's um, number three, Tom Kiefer from Cinderella. Cinderella. <laughs> Cinderella. Only person I know who will defend Cinderella. Really? Yeah. Am I the only person that will defend Cinderella? The only person I know that knows Cinderella. You're kidding. Jesus. No. Well, if you don't know Cin- who Cinderella is, go check him out because you're missing out. <laughs> the great band, fantastic band, discovered by Bon Jovi back in the day, you know. And this guy has the most unique voice I've ever heard. It's, I don't even know how to describe it, but he's even his songwriting, his guitar. He's another under. He's an underrated guitarist too. Just that band in general, underrated. And he's underrated. He's an underrated vocalist. All right. So who's your number three? Two. Two, actually. Yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. doing it the opposite way around now. <laughs> Eric Martin. Okay. Yeah. Th- no. Nah, great. Great voice. Yeah. No one really talks much about him. Yeah. I guess you think differently, but no, I, I agree with you. I just got caught off guard because I wasn't expecting Eric Martin straight away. Yeah. <laughs> no. Just I. I wish more. I, I love Mr. Big. I wish more people spoke about it. I mean, the thing I love about Mr. Big and just any band, Paul Gilbert and Billy Sheena, in is they're always singing bands, so everyone sings. Yeah, for sure. And you know, when you, when you think about it, uh, the two guys, you know, Billy and Paul, always, no matter what, they always have to go off what Eric's doing. Yeah. So you know, whether it's they figure out their own parts or Eric sings what their parts are supposed to be. Yeah. You know. For sure. It's kind of cool, but you know, not many people talk about Eric Martin. I feel like Eric Martin is a name not many people know about. Same, like Mr. Big is a band not many people know about. Yeah. No, I agree with you. There's just been on that list. Now, this is a tongue twister, this name. Oh, fuck. This is going to be hard to read it. <laughs> it's <laughs> the guy to from, the gold. It's the guy from, from Steelheart. See if you can read this. Is it Polish? No. It's, it's Crow. It's Croatian. Where is it? Number two. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Here I go. Mijenko Matevich. You actually nailed it. <laughs> Is that it? I think that's how you say it. Milenko 
what did you say? Matevic or something Matevic. like that. Because I know all the Croatians each kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Better known as the lead singer from Steelheart and did the stuff for Rockstar. Um, that maybe Mark Wahlberg did. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg was which, on vocals, this guy. Speaking of which, Michael Starr is in that movie. Not many people know about it. Yeah. <laughs> before <laughs> the audition thing, who's in the booth singing? It's Michael Starr. Yep. And actually, before we continue, can I tell a Michael Starr story? Go that for we're it. on the topic of singers. Go for it. So first time I heard Steel Panther was in high school. A friend showed me Death to Orbit Metal, and I was like, I'm hooked. This yeah. is awesome. And then I saw him at Soundwave. I was like, oh, it's one of the best bands I've ever seen. Then they came in 2012 and played the show at Festival Hall. And I've got my friend Billy. You know, as you do beforehand, it's like, oh, it's everyone go to the toilet now kind of thing. Mm. So we're in Festival Hall. I go to the toilet before we go to our seats. Yeah. Taking a piss. Guy comes up next to me. Not, not in that kind of way. Comes up, starts doing a piss. And I just kind of look and he's just... All glammed up. I'm like, oh, just someone to go watch the show. Didn't even think twice about it. Yeah. Finish up. Wash your hands. I go outside. And this guy yells out, I love you, Michael. And he's like, I love you too, baby. Turn around. I'm like, I took a piss next to Michael Starr and didn't even know. Uh, fucking hell. <laughs> Still to this day, it's like, oh my God. Similar to the story of when I pissed, took a piss next to fucking... Um, What's his face? Sandy Beersack or whatever it is from Blackville Brides. What? Yeah, didn't you know about that? <laughs> no. I, sh- I told you that fucking years ago in the city. I don't remember. So I was, it was the week of Soundwave. I was sitting, oh, like I was in the city and I went to take a piss at the Grand Hyatt or whatever the hotel was that I went to and they were staying there. I think it was the Grand Hyatt or it was something a little bit lower than that. I can't remember. But they were staying there. <laughs> take a piss and then Walking out the door, I look and I'm like, that fucking looks like Andy Biersack. And I'm like, hang on a second, they're playing Soundwave this year. Holy shit, it was Andy Biersack. (laughs) We've taken pieces (laughs) next to like well-known singers and we didn't even know. Yeah, it happens. Um, But yeah, back to singers. Milienko deserves to be on that list. Listen to the shit that he did. Still hard in general. Still hard in general, yeah. Another underrated. Fantastic band. All right. And then we go to the next one. And we get the doorbell. So we will be ah, back Zoe, after Zoe's. these sponsors. And we are back even though we don't have any sponsors. But that's okay. <laughs> we will eventually. This sponsorship is open here if you want um, to sponsor us. <laughs> so we're talking about Steelheart. We're talking about Steelheart. Yep. What a band. Underrated. Deserves every ounce of success that they should have. But yeah. he um, Massive in Europe. Yeah, yeah, and not to mention... Um, out everywhere else, not so much. But then again... In like the States, they are. Over in Europe, they love metal. And not to mention this guy, he, he w- apparently works in South Korea doing a lot of composing music for TV shows over oh, wow. there as okay. well. So, he's, he keeps himself busy. All right. My number one. Number one. Joe Lynn Turner. Well, shit. This is a guy, No one. T- this is one of the best voices that rock has ever had. Still does. Yeah. But no one talks about it. No. Not at all. You know, you look at... Like, this guy was singing with Ingve when Ingve was doing more of that glam kind of stuff. Yeah. Not just, you know, now Ingve's all... <laughs> he still did that back then, but he was more song-orientated than, yeah. you know, I'm just going to shred the whole time. Yeah, I agree. Jalen Turner just completed that band when mm-hmm. it happened. Yep. Totally. 
Who's your number one? That's my number one. My number one is Robert Fleischman. Who? Robert Fleischman. You don't know who Robert Fleischman no. is? No. <laughs> already oh did that, don't gosh. worry. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> may, as, may as well speak about it before we go into our number one. <laughs> that was great. We may as well talk about it. <laughs> Some uncles come into the house with a pen and paper and wrote on it, don't forget Ian Pace. <laughs> I said this at the start of the podcast, <laughs> now he's come to physically remind me. <laughs> Ian Pace. Oh, God. All right. So... Back to what we were saying. Ian Pace, you, you got your little shout out there. Why <laughs> in the one episode? Yeah. Robert Fleischman, the guy from Vinnie Vincent Invasion. Ah. Yes. Yes. The guy that never really played live with him. He just did the album and then he got kicked out and then replaced by Mark Slaughter. But yeah, played with Journey, Vinnie Vincent Invasion. Doesn't have enough credit. I don't think not many people really know who he is, obviously. But Can we put... Would you put Steve Perry on this underrated list? Yeah. Steve Perry and Robert Fleischman. Two journey guys. There you go. Um, if you haven't seen his stuff, go check out Vinnie Vincent Invasion. Just the first album. And you'll hear how insane his vocal range is. The first time I heard it, I thought it was a chick. And then I saw the... I watched it and I was like, holy shit, it isn't a chick. But yeah, Robert Fleischman. Number one. That's our singer's. So now it's on to the underrated bands. Yes. I think we've got the same list, kind of. Yeah. Probably. Well, I put Steelheart on there, so Steelheart's done already. We've already talked about that. I've talked about Wasp as well. Yep. That's my number five. Well, fuck. My number four is Anvil. Anvil on your list? Mine's number two, but yeah. Ah. Uh, You know, ever since... That documentary came out. Yep. The world knew who Anvil was, and that one made us turn on to Anvil. 100%. And we've been listening... F- how long have we been listening to Anvil for? Since that uh, since that movie came out. Yeah. And then we had the chance to go see them. And then we met them. We saw Anvil, and that's, that's still one of the best gigs we've ever been to. I think that was the best rock and roll experience I've ever had. <laughs> oh, I, I don't even know what happened. You, you, you were, just, we, you were a mute the entire time. You we, couldn't speak. We made friend, we kind of made friends at the start of the show, and one of the guys must have known the Anvil guys from Yonkers ago. Yeah, and he's gone to the security part, and he's kind of looked at me and him, and you know, come over here, sort of thing. And we go in through, and it's like, hang on, he's taking us to meet fucking Anvil. Yeah. Walk up through the room and that, and there they are sitting there. We talked to Chris the bass player because we don't know who he is. We talked to him, no problem. Yeah. And then we talked to Rob. Hey, hey. <laughs> talked to Rob. I can't get a word out. You saw me. I was verbal diarrhea. <laughs> then we talked to Lips, and I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Speechless. I can't say anything. You were struggling, man. You were I struggling. couldn't. Because like, part of me is like, if I open my mouth, I'm going to fucking start crying. <laughs> if I open up, I'm going to be like, I love you guys, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, he, that was insane. You saw me, I couldn't stop talking to Rob. No. It's like, because Rob's probably my favorite out of a lot of them. But the thing, the thing I love so much about that experience was when we kind of walked in and they introduced us, they were surprised, like, why are young guys here? Yeah. They're like, where are the old fucks? <laughs> There's like, 
old was I? I was 18 at the time, and you were only 20. 20, yeah. Full shit. Exactly, and they were like, kind of looking like, oh, you know, what are these young guys doing here? And we we're like, we love Anvil. Yeah. The movie came out, and then we, you know, discovered the rest of your stuff, and you're a band that people should talk about, but no one does. The only reason people talk about them now is because of that movie. Next time they're out here, hopefully we can meet them again and have a chat with them. Highly recommend. Yeah, well, everyone. My number four is Europe. Yes, definitely. They have more than just a final countdown. (laughs) People need to realize it's amazing. That entire album's amazing. I don't. I don't think people have actually properly listened. As great to as the song Cannon. "Final Countdown" is, they do have better ones. I prefer "Rock of the Night" and "Cherokee." They're my favourites. Even Carrie's pretty good. But um, yeah, at least they're still doing their thing, which is good. Yep. Um, my mum used to have a crush on the lead singer, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He's not so. F- he's not so good looking anymore, <laughs> mum. <laughs> he didn't age so gracefully. Yeah. All right. So Europe. Who's your number? My number three. Well, number three. Yeah. This band's kind of still going now, but they're just going by a different name. Fuck off. They are not. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? They're a separate band. Alter Bridge is Creed without Scott Stapp. They are Scott not Stapp. Creed. They are Creed without Scott Stapp. I have not heard one Creed song when I saw Alter Bridge. They are a totally different band. I don't give a fuck who's in the band. It's the same lineup, just a different singer. That's how I look at it. I don't think so. <laughs> well, I got butthead because I spoke badly about Alter Bridge. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Alter Bridge are a much better band. Oh, get fucked. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> nah. For me, Creed is a fantastic Has band. Creed sold out Wembley Arena? No. Oh, you fucking... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there you go. They're just, we're getting a bit of heated here. A little bit? This God. Is, this is one of the uh, little subjects that Creed we're very touchy Creed was my childhood. On. Yeah, and so was Alter Bridge. Alter Bridge wasn't there when I was a kid. Creed was, you know, the whole wrestling kind of thing. That's how I got into Creed. I got into saliva back then, but anyway. <laughs> Look, for me, Creed, you know, when people talk about Creed, they you know, they make fun of Creed. It's like, it's cool to hate Creed the same way you hate Nickelback, which is also on this list. That pisses me off. But I'm not, I'm not going to talk about Nickelback. I'll wait till we get to Nickelback because I got a theory behind it. Yeah. Behind Nickelback. But Creed... Creed is a band I wish people spoke more in a more positive kind of light. Uh, you know, when they talk about it, they make fun of him. Oh, Scott Stamp. Yeah. Whatever, but you know what? A good band's a good band. And for me, Creed's a good band. They're underrated. Yeah, no, I agree. 100%. Tremonti's a f- fantastic guitarist. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know, the whole the whole band is good. Mm. And you know what? Credit credit is due. Alter Bridge as well. Well, yeah, I'm all you know, Colt Miles Kennedy is ten times the singer Scott Stapp will ever be. Okay, I didn't expect you to but say that. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not a bitter old fuck. Don't worry. Good man, good man. That's paying your dues. <laughs> but, you know, for me, I've been listening to Creed longer than. Nah, it's like me with Alter Bridge. I haven't been listening to Alter for to Creed as long as I have to Alter Bridge. Exactly, because you know, Alter Bridge was around that kind of. When you were kind of growing up more. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like it's kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. For me, for me, it was Creed, and like I said, I wish more people, more people, spoke about in a positive kind of light, yeah. not just the whole "oh, we hate him because it's cool to hate him" like Nickelback. Yeah. Which is my number two. Is that your number two? No. Nickelback's your number three. No. Four. Number one. Oh. Then my number one, but I want to talk about my number three. Go for it. Winger. Oh yes, Kip Winger. Winger's a band that's underrated. No one talks about Winger. No, not at all. I know, I can count on my hand, on one hand, how many people I know that know Winger. There's only one, one song that they know as well. 
Exactly. Then I can condense it even more to about like three or four. So I think, fuck, they only know 17. There's plenty of other good songs that they've done. 17 is a good song. Miles though. Away and Madeline, such a good song. Bloody, yeah, even though Seventeen's creepy as fucking wouldn't go down too well in a politically cl- correct world that we live in now. But <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no way. Um, yeah, no, nah, great song. Why do you think they change the lyrics to one of our songs? Well, what do you reckon that they change the lyrics now when they play it? That she's <laughs> like, she's only 35. <laughs> 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 oh, God. But, yeah. Um, yeah, great band. Deserve it. And then we talk about it. Seeming we're talking about Nickelback as your number two. I want to Is that one and two the same bands? No. No? My number two was Anvil, remember? Oh, because i got the Scorpions on here. I know. <laughs> Scorpions are band people should talk about more as well. Yeah, agreed. Rocky Like a Hurricane's great and you know, Winds of Change are great, but they do have other songs as well. Yeah. Klaus, you know, little, was he, were they in the 60s now kind of thing? Yeah, they're, old, they're older now. guys that are, they're still killing it. Mm. You know? I don't know how. I don't know. Because I just love it. Yeah. They're still killing it. But let's let's skip that. You know, I I don't know. I don't know what else to say, but Nickelback. Nickelback, yep. What's your theory? Nickelback is the smartest band in music today. Agreed. I'll tell you why. When they would do their albums, a couple songs of the acoustic kind of pop rock radio friendly kind of stuff. They release that and then the people listen to it. Then you buy their album, and you buy the album, and you're in absolute shock because you're like, "What the fuck? It's yeah. metal. It's heavy." The first, the first. Um, now we're gonna go to the internet again. The first Nickelback, um, first Nickelback song I heard was "Photograph." Oh, really? That's yeah. And that was off for all the wrong reasons. I think the album's called. I can't remember what it's called. I'll. It's you. not Dark Horse. No, all the right reasons. That's it. Yeah. And, okay, yeah, cool, cool. Get, so I ended up, this is like, I'm talking, this is LimeWire days. Back in the day. So yeah. I ended up downloading this album. Okay. Live all LimeWire days. And I'll, yeah, I'll, I did it just. Back in the dial-up days when you had to make sure nobody was on the phone yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. I'm not that old. Hey, I had to, I had to. Download of LimeWire and, and then you know we're listening and you know uh, Photograph and Rockstar were the two like kind of mainstream pop ones. Yeah, but I listened. You know, I finished downloading, listened to the first song, Follow You Home, and we're like, whoa. Yeah. Then going through more and more, Animals, oh, Save Saving Me and Far Away were another two um, mainstream ones. But then you know, then Side of a Bullet came on, and I go, hang on a sec, there's more to this. Yeah. And as I got older and I got back into Nickelback, I listened to it and discovered it's, you know, it's about Dimebag. It's about Dimebag. Tribute to Dimebag well, from shit. Pantera. So that kind of gave me this whole new respect for him. Like, oh, they love, you know, they love Pantera. I love Pantera. That's cool. Yeah. Do you want to know what my favorite album was? Dark Horse? Yep. I'm oh, that's a, good, that's a good one. Trying too. to find the actual page for the... Uh, uh, you do it for me if you can. He's going to uh, get the album up for I'll me because I can't remember exactly what the song is. Um, there's a couple songs on here. Are you talking something in your mouth? or No, it's not. Um, Just To Get High. Yeah. That's a great song. Uh, like, I think it's about one of Chad's friends who just got fucked up and, you know, started doing drugs and shit and then I think necked himself or something like that. But yeah, but like, 
you like, you know, for us, mm. we listen to the album. We're like, whoa, it's heavy. It's nothing like what was on the radio. What is yeah. going on? And that to me makes them one of the smartest bands out there. Yeah, because all of a sudden, like they're almost trying to turn people into metal by tricking them. Pretty much, they're they're a stadium band too. Yeah, they they play arenas all the time now. So. And the fact that they sell out arenas, I think, speaks for itself. And all those people are going to be like, eh, Nickelback shit. But why? Do you hate them just because everyone else hates them? Or do you secretly love them? Pretty much that's what it is. Yeah. It's a cool thing to hate them. But you know what? They're laughing all the way to the bank. They're laughing all the way to the church. Because you dickheads will click on their fucking video link. And you'll comment some dumb shit like, oh, go die. Kind of thing. Yeah. And they're laughing all the way to the bank because every view you give them, YouTube gives them more money. Exactly. Plus, they sell out shows, they sell merch, they sell their CDs, they do appearances. So, they're laughing all the way to the bank. They don't care. Plus, Avril, uh, Avril, uh, Chad Kroger had his dick inside Avril Lavigne. So. And not to mention Chad Kroger's another underrated singer too. Yeah. I agree. He did a song with Steel Panther. That was cool. <laughs> it won't suck itself. That, that's, a cool, that's a cool video as well. Him and Vinnie Paul getting up drunk as fuck. Somewhere ends up with Vinnie Paul having no pants on by the end of this, <laughs> end of this thing. Yeah. You're like, what is going on? All right. Now we've done that. We're on to our main event of the evening. And that is top five underrated albums. Stuff from the fifth. My number five is anything by Nickelback. <laughs> oh, Any go. album by Nickelback. Any because album Nickelback, album. Nickelback is so underrated. Well, there you go. My number five is David Lee Roth's Skyscraper. Okay. Because it was very different to Eat Him and Smile, but Eat I like every single amazing. song off Skyscraper. Everyone was just like, oh, it sounds so different. I'm like, it's cool. People don't like change. That's what it is. Listen up. Listen to Stand Up. That's my favorite song off that album. It's awesome. So much synth, and I love it. Yeah. But yeah, number five's done. Have we got... I think we've already got the same Van Halen album on this. We do. Van Halen 3. Uh, where have you got that on? Uh, Van Halen 3 is my number two. That's my number two t- as well. Van Halen 3 is my number it, two it as well. People are always I should have g- made it my third. Uh, <laughs> yeah. People will always get the album shit and that lineup shit, and I don't know why. It's stupid. It's a fant- You know what? I it's around the time when Van Halen was getting out of like all the addiction and stuff, so it's it was writing very different music. I don't know if I can think of a Van Halen album I don't like. I can't either. I don't think they've made an album that's, you know, terrible. Mm. But in the, in the eyes of, you know, your, your Van Halen fanboys, your Marks, this is their worst one. Oh, it's not David. It's not David. It's, it's not, not Sammy. Um, Sammy or it's not, um, you know, the new stuff. Yeah, it's stupid. But Who it was a great. Good album. I liked it. So do I. Gary Sharon, underrated singer, underrated frontman. You know, replacing David Lee Roth is one thing, but then to replace Sammy Hagar, who took Van Halen to the next level... That's an even bigger task. Exactly. And he did it. Yep. Number four. What's your number four? Say your one, because my one might surprise people. Cherry Bomb. This is the end of the control. Ooh, yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of that. I listen to that album back to front all the time. Great There's not band. one bad song on it. Kind of sucks that they're not together anymore. We're Hey, Violet. We play pop punk We play now. pop punk and we we are playing with Five Seconds of Summer. No, you're just a bunch of sellouts hey, my now. friends are playing with Five Seconds of Summer soon. I'll give him credit for that. I don't like Five Seconds of Summer, though. <laughs> oh, they're all right. I've seen them live. They bored the fuck out of me. When was that? It was at Fed Square. It's boring oh. boring as fuck. But either way... Um, I heard it differently from other people, but... 
Yeah. You some people may not... Some people will be like, fuck you, they're a great band. But fair enough. Okay. No, Everyone I, has I, their I, own I've different had, opinions. I've had friends who were, you know, in that scene when they first started and they saw them, you know, the first gig they played to... Yeah. When they're playing for One Direction, they've just gone, whoa. Yeah. Changed. But I guess, you know, playing all the time gives you that. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, Cherry Bomb, this is the end of Control. Deserves to be on that list. Yeah. Great um, album. Fantastic album. Unfortunately, they're pop punk now, which kind of sucks, but... They could have been something, man. They, I've I've said this before and I'll say it again. They could have been something, but they threw it down the toilet. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. Volume 1 by the Travelling Wilburys is my number four. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I love the Travelling Wilburys. Well, there you go. And it's kind of a band, you know, people don't really talk about because it's, you know, it's kind of a... It, it, it is a super group. Yeah. You got George Harrison, Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, Roy Orbison... Uh, I gotta think of the other guys. Back to Google. It's a great band. <laughs> We've got to have elevator music when you're searching up on Google. <laughs> Here we go. There we go. Here we go. He's got it. Yeah. So Bob Dylan, George Harrison, Jeff Lynn, Roy Orbison, Tom Tom Petty. What's Jeff Lynn done? Um, a lot of stuff. What's Sorry, I'm, I'm still recovering. I'm not there sleeping. You <laughs> there you go. Electric Light Orchestra. But they've got some good songs, real cool kind of, you know, folk kind of thing, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but they made it work. And that album, a whole bunch of great songs. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, you know, it kind of sucks that, you know, during it, Roy Orbison died. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's one of the music videos, Roy's in it, and then the one they did after is after he died. And when it gets to his part of the song... It's just a rocking chair with his guitar and his picture there. Oh, shit. So, like, whoa, that hit you hard. For sure. But you know what? Great album. No one talks about, no one talks about Traveling Wilburys either. If you're yeah. a folk fan, get into it. Even if you're not, check it out. Get on it. But yes. If it's got a Beatle, it's good. It's our number four. Pantera, Power Metal. That's my one. Oh, I, I don't, okay. Yeah, very different. So, okay, I thought mine was a little out there, but... yeah. It's the Pantera metal, um, Pantera glam metal era, the 80s. Yeah, okay. I fucking love it. It's so good. People don't give it enough credit. They're like, oh, it's not the 90s Pantera, but it's awesome. Go check it out. Power metal by Pantera. All right. That's okay. That's just, that's really out there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there like, you know, my number three is living in the 70s by Skyhawks. I thought that was out there, but yeah. <laughs> someone's like, no, the glam metal Pantera. Yeah. It's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. For me, vulgar, vulgar display of power. I know, but it's like it's a different ah. side of Pantera that people don't realize. I know, but I just love that. Oh, I I love the heavy band. I don't know. But you're, you're a heavy guy. I'm a you're glam, a glam guy. kid. You're That's always gonna reality. be a glam kid. So, living on this in the seventies by the Skyhooks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The Skyhooks are a band. No one really talks about either. Not really. Same with Red Simon. Yeah, I don't really to speak much about him as a guitarist. You think? Skyhawks, you think what? Horror movie. Horror movie. All, all my friends are getting married. I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing song, those ones. But, yeah. you know, check out their other stuff. They, these people don't, rea- people don't realize bands have other songs. Like, we're in a, we're living in a world now that's all one-hit wonders. We're in a living in a world where everything's disposable. Yeah. It's reality of it that's all it. now. The D, the concept of a DJ doesn't exist anymore, of no. a radio DJ. But you know, that's just how it is. 
now comes to our number. Well, you've done. My number two was Van Halen three. Are we up to our number one? Yes. Oh Jesus! What's yours? This might shock you a little bit. Yeah. The White Stripes by the White Stripes. Oh yeah, f- fuck Jesus! <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. White Stripes is a band, you know. When people talk about him, it's it's either good or it's bad. It, you know, Jack White's amazing. When I talk about Meg White, you know, as a drum as a drummer, there's nothing special about it. But yeah, she plays what those songs needs, and Jack's writing comes together in his voice, and you get the White Stripes. So you know, how big when Seven Nation comes. Seven Nation Army. Seven Nation Army came. How big is it? How many, how many different variants of that song is there now? Anyway? Oh, it's ridiculous. I hate it. But I've got <laughs> you know, Icky Thump and all these other great songs. Yeah, that album as well. You know, not many people talk about it for sure. Well, that's our. That's your number one. My number one is going to get a lot of Kiss fans pissed off because it's the Elder <gasps> by uh, Kiss. Blasphemy. Yeah, I know. Blasphemy. <laughs> All these Kiss fans are at home lighting their torches and getting their face paint on and going to hunt you down. I'm going to say it right now. It's <laughs> probably one of their best albums of all time. It is. I don't care what anyone says. People hate concept albums and I don't know why. I, will, I really hope they make that into a movie one day because it's really cool. You could make it into a movie. I think they were going to, but it didn't go anywhere. But What else can you say? The Oaf, you know, Mr. Blackwell I've been listening to pretty recently. And I've actually started to get into it, and I didn't really like the song at first. But now I'm like, it's really cool and groovy. But um, yeah, I I have to give him credit. That's good album. Um, God, there's so many good songs on there. It's very different. Kiss. You just got to check it out. Go check out the older by Kiss. And if you don't like it, fuck you. <laughs> Sorry, nah. If they don't like it. They don't like, <laughs> it. They don't like it. They don't like it. Nah. You know. I'm just joking. Like yeah. I said, and that's why we put these. Lists A joke. That's why we put these lists together because they're all personal ones. Yeah, you know? exactly. If you got your own personal ones of what we said, send them through. We'll have a look. Exactly. It'll be interesting to read everyone else's one. Well, if you've got a top five list and you want to do it, be f- be sure to send it in and we'll see it. Yeah, we'll, we'll check it out. We won't say anything about it, but we'll check Might it out. Might talk about it on the podcast. Who knows? But that comes down to the last of our top five lists. That's it. So that's part two done. I'm not sure what the next episode's going to be. I guess we'll figure it out as we go along. <laughs> It could be a wrestler, it could be a musician. Could be neither. Could be neither. Could be none. no guest, it could be a guest. Well, f- your own, only time will tell. That's it. So anyway, thank you very much for listening. You can check out this podcast over at iTunes. Yes, iTunes, are you Stitcher. Put, are you going to look up a whole bunch of shows now to promote? I want to, because that's the right oh, thing to do. It always takes so long. No, it doesn't. It's not going to take long at all, because it's only a few shows that I want to talk about. Okay. All right. OCW, Season's Greetings, 9th of September. Um, I'm assuming that's 7.30 at the Whitehorse Club. Main event is Cracker Jack versus Cletus in a ladder match. Go check it out. Um, what else have we got? We have got Tequila Mockingbird's Flocking Off... Tequila Mockingbird, sorry. Flocking Off Farewell Show. 10th of September. Um, it's at the Memo Music Hall. The bands that will be playing that night... Uh, the Mercy, well, To Kill a Mockingbird's headlining, The Mercy Kills, The Dark Horses featuring Delacoma Rio, Sisters Doll, Busy Kingdom, Ablaze, and The Dead Amigos. Go check it out. Uh, tickets on sale now, $15 before. Um, the door, I think, is $20, I'm pretty sure. Um, 
doors at 5.30. It's all in St Kilda. And it's optional fancy dress. Um, what else have we got here? We have got... Um, that's about it, actually. That's the end. That's all I want to really talk about. Um, have you got anything to plug? Uh, no, not really. Well, there we go. That's all we got to plug. Let's, hang on, let's see. Oh, yeah, 9th of September is the Wiggles gig, unless you got tickets to that. You can't go anyway. It's sold out. <laughs> uh, September 24th, and this might be a bit of a shock to everyone, PCW Carnage. Oh, that's a shock to me. Hey, you know what? Carnage is the big show, and it's always been good. <laughs> Shit. Go, go check it out. Why not? Goes from a taboo word on our podcast to a open u- openly used word. I'll tell you why. <laughs> we, we were talking to Bass the other day. There's no reason to hold grudges. Yeah, no. Nah. You, know? you know me. I've I moved mean, on. What we saw happen backstage that one time was a bit unprofessional, but you can't just base it all on the one thing we saw. Yeah. Yeah, we will get you know, credit where it's due. That's just one day we will talk about the PCW experience. Maybe we have one of the guys on if they're allowed. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Hopefully, but yeah. But yes, so you can check out this iP- iPod. There, no, you can check out iPod podcast, mate. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you can check out this podcast on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Yes, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and now Tumblr. All all social media is covered. Go yep. check it out. Because we're little whores. Well, we got to do it. Well, you got to pay your bills. Got to pay your dues. Got to get yourself out there. It's it's one way you're going to get your name out there. This has been our top five underrated lists. I've been Gavin. And I've been Jesse. We shall see you on the flip side.